This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. This is WWE NXT superstar Dominic Dijakovic and you are feasting your ears on the Busted Wide Open podcast. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, that guy's name is Dog Ziggler, and you're listening to episode number 248. My name is Nick Howell. Hi, Jacko-san. Watashi wa anata ni fukushu shino tame no junbi. Watashi wa suriin and dangerous, and welcome to Busted Wide Open. Thank you very much, everybody, for joining us. Sorry, I was having a moment there. I was having a moment there, a little, 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 little Keith Lee Dijak moment. Welcome to the show, everybody. Sorry, I got all, I got all. Whew. I was watching New Japan last night, so I just, I'm all, I'm all fired I up. Yes, right good lord, I'm all fired up. <laughs> Welcome to the show, everybody. That's right, we are busted wide open. We are the show that talks about all the things happening in wrestling. Obviously, you heard Dog Ziggler earlier. He's fired up too. I'm fired up. Nick's fired up. We got a lot to talk about today. We got AEW, NXT, Friday Night SmackDown, and. How much other stuff, Nick? It's a, ah, there was so much good wrestling this week, dude. There was so much stuff to talk about. There's stuff we can, we're not even talking about on the show. Impact, New Japan, Sengoku Lord, and stuff we got to talk about next Tuesday. There's just so much happening right now. There's so much to talk about, and it's freaking awesome. Yes. It's freaking awesome, and I love it. I love this as a new golden age in wrestling. I love it. Dog Ziggler loves it. You love it. Everyone listening, I hope you all love it. Nick, let's do some housekeeping because I want to get in the show and talk about these things that we love. Yes, guys, come over and join us in Discord. It is the place to be. We have live chats all throughout the week, plus all kinds of other good channels to hang out in with us and the rest of the phenomenal ones. So make sure you find the links to that down in the description below or pinned across our social media profiles. We also have a Facebook group and a page. Come over and search for Busted Wide Open. You can find us and get into that. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast. Subscribe right here on uh, YouTube at YouTube.com slash Busted Wide Open to get your dose of daily news from BWO daily our daily news show that we put up every afternoon at 5 p.m eastern plus lots of other content that we have in store and in mind and we're cooking things up all the time uh over here so we're gonna have a lot of stuff over there because we are moving a week from today this is our final saturday show uh that we will be doing on youtube Mm -hmm. we are moving all of our live operations over to twitch starting next saturday august 1st so come over and join us 
uh, at twitch.tv slash open. Make sure you click the little heart to follow us and turn your notification on. That way you get notified when we set it up. Uh, everything that you know and love about the show will be the same. I will be on this week uh, in Discord and Facebook letting you guys know, giving you a tour of Twitch, how to use it, how a much more rich experience as a viewer it is. And it kind of e- makes things easier for us. It allows us to get the shows up quicker. There's yep. just some things that we've found that I will go over with you guys in those sessions. But twitch.tv slash busted wide open starting next Saturday will be our home for the live shows. So make sure you've got everything set up uh, over there. Last but certainly not least, patrons, thank you guys so much for all of your love. Uh, this show is has grown the way that it has because of your love and support. Thank you guys for all of that. we got a bonus episode coming for you next Thursday. That's going to be a lot of fun. Look for that to be scheduled. Uh, but if you guys would like to get in on some of those exclusives, head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of those awesome reward tiers. You can get show notes. Uh, you can get all kinds of good stuff over there at the $5 tier plus bonus episodes, Skype calls, you name it, all kinds of good things happening over at patreon.com slash BWO, but I have blown myself up, in, and we need to head <laughs> over and talk about All Elite Wrestling. You know, Nick, there's something about Cody's TNT Championship Open Challenge that at first I think we both were a little bit skeptical about. And even in practice the first couple of weeks, we were like, all right, this is cool. But basically, Cody's going to give showcases to a lot of wrestlers and beat them. And while, like, you know, if he can pull it off and make them look good in the process, that's that's a good thing. It is also it runs the risk of everyone looking at Cody and being like, oh, he's burying everybody. And I'm still seeing that that criticism being leveled at him. Okay. Even though at this point, I think we've seen him make everyone he's been with look good, even if they don't win. We're going to keep the championship on Cody, but he's elevated everybody's pretty much everyone he's been in there with. I would say Jungle Boy actually, ironically, got the least amount of rub from it because he was already positioned in that place. Sonny Kiss got a good rub. And this week, we actually saw someone no one saw coming. No one saw coming. Out of the back, Eddie freaking Kingston comes out interrupts by the way they were they were they were introducing Cody and out of the back comes Eddie Kingston already jawing already jawing on the mic uh and if you don't know who Eddie Kingston is you do now yeah you do now um go look up his work he's been he's been everywhere but WWE the dude's been in Ring of Honor Impact CZW uh Chikara like DDT everywhere um and he did once he was once in a faction with Santana and Ortiz, the, you know, they started off as LAX, ended up being the OGs. I would love to see them start that up again. I don't know if they if they can now with the inner circle going on, but I'll tell you right now, Nick. After Eddie Kingston showing this week with Cody, if they don't sign him, I'll be shocked. That guy's a megastar. That dude yeah. came out. Yes, exactly. I, I, let me finish this, and then I totally agree with you. He came out of the back, blazing on the mic, had a match with Cody that just was hot fire. As you said, go ahead, Nick. The guy's a megastar. The guy's a megastar. He's got it written all over him. He is the total package, the in-ring work, the mic work, the presence, the look, everything. Fantastic. Five stars. I, I, I have zero critiques to levy towards uh, either the match or Eddie Kingston's debut. Just fantastic. Yeah. And if they don't, if they don't sign him, uh, I mean, uh, it'd be ridiculous. 
I don't know I, if they I, have I, any room for him. Uh, I don't know where he would fit in, but find a place. You know what I mean? Just fish for this mic work alone. That was, you know, they, they, um, they, they say that like when somebody's hungry, you can feel it. You know what I mean? And they mentioned that Eddie Kingston just had to sell his boots to pay his rent during this whole you know, crisis going on right now. And you can tell the guy was given a big opportunity. He's got a bunch of people he's worked with before who are in AEW. You know, I believe he either dropped the tag titles to or I know he feuded with the Broken Hardys at one point. So he knows the Hardys. He knows, he knows a lot of people there. He went through PWG at one point. Like he was working yeah. with, with Cesaro and, and Cassius Ono back in the day in PWG. So Excalibur knows him. Um, and he's, he's known. So I, I have to imagine that they were like, all right, dude, we know you're having a rough time. You know, hey, come in here and work this thing with Cody and we'll see what happens. The, the internet blew up on Eddie Kingston after this. People were like, who is that guy? Because when someone comes out and absolutely slays the mic the way that he did, when they come through your TV the way that he did, and then you work a match like that where the psychology and the selling and the story is so clear, and you actually have a thumbtack spot, because he did go under the ring at one point when his, his Cody had busted his knee, his knee had like popped out in storyline, and so he was, had a bum knee. And he realized the only way he could beat Cody was to really, really hurt him. Or even if he couldn't beat him, he wanted to hurt him. That's, and he went and got a bag of thumbtacks from under the ring, poured him out, and we had a couple thumbtack spots. And holy crap, I hadn't realized how long it had been since I'd seen a thumbtack spot. And I think I've gotten desensitized, Nick, because I, I jumped when he slammed Cody onto those tacks and Cody's bareback. I, I jumped. Oh, oh God! Oh, oh, there were tacks everywhere. And when, when I first, when, when Eddie first went under the ring, I thought he got a, a, an Ortiz-esque mad ball. Mad he ball. got a loaded sock or something like that or some kind of loaded bag. And then he flipped it upside down and this, one of the largest wads of thumbtacks I've ever seen came <laughs> pouring out of it. And I was like, okay, this is, this is, th- it's me sitting there drinking coffee with uh, everything else on fire. This is fine. This is fine. Then we got, um... Uh, real quick before I keep going, Brad Shepard. Good Brad Shepard with five bucks in the Super Chat. I can't wait for the move to Twitch. Oh, thanks, dude. Man, yes, me too. Us I, too. Uh, it's, it's one of those things where we wanted to time it, wanted to schedule it, wanted to give you guys enough heads up and all yeah. those things. And everyone, everyone who's nervous about Twitch, we promise we'll try to make it as fun as possible. When yep. If you have any questions, like we'll we'll lead you. We'll lead yep. you in there and like, no, look why it's fun. I so, will shepherd we'll, you uh, hand in hand as we, we all try go to make it and, and do it together. easy easy as possible but um, this match it, was not no, easy for cody it no, was not the, an easy time two things the thumbtack spot i too mm. thought it was interesting i the power bomb was expected but it still uh, it still ah. kind of got one of those out of me the the thing that i didn't expect was cody basically laying in the thumbtack pile applying a figure four yeah uh, <laughs> and screaming as he did it. they're both in the thumbtacks ah. in a figure four leg lock Oh. Uh, and then the, just to lay that, I mean, Cody put out a tweet later on that says, "Whoever took the time to, without me knowing about it, take all the thumbtacks, thumbtacks out of out my, my by the sole of my boots, is a special kind of love." Thank you. Yeah, yeah I agree. <laughs> While Cody's busy having all the thumbtacks taken out of the rest of his body, ow, 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 yep. ow, 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 ow. Um, yeah, and so ultimately Eddie has to tap out because he's selling the knee. They're in the thumbtacks. Like it, I think it shows that he's super tough because. 
and again, like, so going back to what I was starting with, Cody is beating people. He's holding on to the championship. But we're getting to see guys like Eddie Kingston come out and show what they can do and what they're about and who they are. And you knew within five, ten seconds who Eddie Kingston was, what he was. I'm a grown-ass man. I'm from Jersey. You talk about grinding. You talk about earning. I was raised with junkies and alcoholics. I grinded every day. I didn't earn nothing. I earned every cent. I didn't wouldn't give him nothing. You knew right away who he was. Yep. And you know what? Here's the thing that I really want to uh, drive home. This is the theme of the show today, Nick. Authenticity. Yes. Feeling real. Feeling like a like a dude who who would beat you up in a bar fight. And there's been a lot of talk in the last couple of weeks about this, and so I think it's particularly relevant and interesting that Eddie Kingston should come out now uh, against Cody, who, you know, again, in professional wrestling, like, we're at the point, and it's been growing for a while. Like, you know, for a long time, their pro wrestling was pretty much everybody felt like they were a badass dude who could kick your ass. And that's, I feel like everyone's very athletic these days. You and I have met Ricochet, did you feel like Ricochet could kick your ass? He'd probably do more more sit-ups than either of us. But I I don't feel like he could kick our ass. I mean, I mean, it might it might he might, you know, he probably could beat us in a straight up fight, but not kick our ass. Do you know what I mean? I'm a pretty Whereas, big dude. You can see in the picture of me standing next to Ricochet that yeah. I'm not a I'm not an overtly large man. But my point but is But I'm like, a big boy, right? In a in a bar fight, I wouldn't yeah give Ricochet that much more than the average guy. No, he, he'd, be, he'd Race, be squirrely and get away from me. Harley Race would kick your ass. Harley Race would put me through the bar. Haku would kick your ass. You know what I mean? Like, that's... That, uh, even, even like, uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper would kick your ass. Right? So, when you look at modern wrestling, there's not a lot of those guys who feel authentic. Let me, like, off the top of my head, let's think of a couple. Samoa Joe... Timothy Thatcher, um, you know, guys that when you see them, you're like when you hear them speak and when they come out, they present themselves as being badasses. And and they're they're not just presenting it and it feels like a show, it feels like a put-on. It feels like like you get the impression from them, oh yeah, I, I wouldn't want to mess with that dude. Yeah. And Eddie Kingston kind of looks like what would happen if Santana and Kevin Owens had a baby. But at the same time, he's, wow. he's got the he's got he's got the same kind of look to him, like he's like a little paunchy. Um, but he, I, I, I believe like he would beat my ass, knock my teeth down my throat in a bar fight. You know what I mean? And that's what he presented and the way he presented himself where he's looking at Arn Anderson and pe- being like, you look at me like that. I'm a, I'm a gouge your eyes out to Arn Anderson. Him. And I believed him got in the ring with Cody. He's like, Hey man, I I'm here cause I need an opportunity and I'm going to be, I'm not going to wrestle you. I'm going to beat your ass. And your boss, Tony Khan is paying me a lot of money to beat your ass. And there's going to be no DQ if you want to make it no DQ. If you want to make it no DQ. But there's one thing that Tony said. You have to accept it. <laughs> right. And, that's, and of course Cody's going to accept it. He's not going to back But that's the thing. The whole, all of that, it came across as authentic. And it's such a rare thing in wrestling these days that when you do see it, you go, ooh, oh, who's that guy? You know? You're like, yeah. oh, that guy's a he's getting in there, he's gonna kick someone's ass. I feel it. And if you work a style like like Eddie, where it's not you're not doing a whole bunch of flips and flops, right? You're going out there and brawling. It, feel, it makes the brawling feel more real. He's going out there with intention to hurt the other guy. And it feels real. Or realer. You know what I mean? And so that's 
it's like in, in the same thing. Let's let's we do this all the time on the show, but parallels with movies, right? Guys in movies who feel like genuine badasses are more fun to watch playing badasses than people who you obviously like. Okay, you're not really a badass. You're just playing one, right? right? Charles Bronson is a badass. Ryan Gosling plays a ba- badass. You know what I mean? Yeah, Tom Hardy playing Bronson is a badass. Well, <laughs> that's a different Bronson, but I know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, line drive in the chat. Kyle, thank you very much. He says, Cody now knows the pain of his mentor Orton's match with Mick Foley. Yeah, it was a very similar spot. Uh, and a very uh, Orton looked surprised. Cody just looked like he was in excruciating pain, and I believe that he was. So um, I've got to say, Nick, at this point, like, no more doubts. Lance Archer should not have won this title. This is absolutely the right decision to have Cody do this. Um, I think that having him beat people every week is negligible. I don't feel like he's burying them. I feel like he's getting them over. And yeah. next week, due to fan pressure, he's actually going to be facing Warhorse, which is going to mm. be really exciting, too. And another person he's going to elevate immensely. You know what I mean? This Is this the best open challenge series since John Cena with the U.S. title? Yes. Without hesitation, yes. Yep. Yep, I think. Thank you very much, Kyle. By the way, for five bucks, appreciate it, man. Yes, Uh, and really good point. That's that's, (laughs) we don't. I I like that we don't get thumbtack spots as often as we now get super kicks and and Canadian destroyers. Uh, Hopefully, that doesn't become a running thing. Um, But I, because of what you just said at the very beginning, it makes it special when it when it does happen. Um, what do you think about? We also got a notification that we're going to be seeing Cody face Warhorse next week that's what i was saying yeah this is the um this is the one i actually thought we were going to see this week there was a lot of speculation going around if we were going to see warhorse this week but we kind of i feel like i got surprised by eddie kingston exactly I'm i'm not mad at at all but what are your thoughts on warhorse here is this uh is this is this going to be as good or are we expecting really good things out of Warhorse? Very different. I mean, talk about, you know, we were just talking about authentic. Warhorse is more in the line of like the meme wrestlers. He's more realistic than like a Dan Housen, who's also really fun, but it's kind of like an Orange Cassidy where he's not going to be everyone's cup of tea. He doesn't like, I don't believe Orange Cassidy could kick my ass, but that's not the purpose of his character. His character is there to entertain and to be funny and to be ironic. Um, and I think that Warhorse is more in, in that vein. So the fact that Cody's giving us a different feel from week to week we're not going to get thumbtacks i'll put it that way we're not going to have someone come out and say cody i'm gonna kick your ass and we're going to believe him he's going to come out and be like you know and it's going to be it's gonna be fun there'll be a fun match as opposed to this week which was fun to watch but not a fun match if that makes sense what was a fun match to watch was butcher and blade versus the young bucks in a falls count anywhere match um going from you know realistic uh, grown-ass men wrestling to flippy, crazy spot fest, guys flying all over the place, uh, starting in the kitchen, starting in the mess hall of the Jaguar City. This, well, I don't know. Are the Butcher and the Blade, are they evil chefs? Is that what this is? So that way they dress in white? I, I don't I, know. I guess. They start off with them, and they're, they're in there chopping raw meat. I don't know. He's a butcher. Yeah. I guess the other guy's the Blade, so they're, they're evil butchers? They're evil, they're evil meat prep guys sure they're like line cooks i don't know uh i don't care this was fun yeah <laughs> this were, was all over the place it was it was if you watch the stadium stampede or any of the time that they've gone all over the place we had just spots we had spots everywhere nick 
Good grief. Yeah. Um, this, was, I don't uh, even... this was kind of a mess. There's not much to say about it other than it was very uh, put it in my eye holes worthy. I love tag team wrestling. I love sort of spots like this. I love Falls Count Anywhere matches where you can kind of go on an adventure around the backstage area. Yeah, this was this this checked all of my boxes. Uh, yeah. And I, I'm not sure I'm mad at their are if at them becoming evil chefs. At least it's something. Uh, bef- where before they were kind of just biker gang guys with leather trench coats and I spikes. Mean, as, as you and I are both metal guys, we, yeah. I dug the kind of metal thing they had going on. This is this is cool. I haven't seen what they're. I haven't seen this before where they dress all in white. Like that's all right, cool. It makes them pop more. Um, but I don't know if it does anything for their characters in terms of making them feel scary and they don't win. So they're not really a scary team, but they did hold up their end of the bargain here where they just, they took some ridiculous bumps as well. And some funny ones, blade getting super kicked onto the escalator and then riding the escalator up on his back or genius. Um, yeah. So there was some there, but there were some big, big spots here, but it ended with the biggest spot of all butcher and blade lit out on tables underneath the entrance ramp entrances, like the big circular entrances, Matt and Nick getting up on the top of the entrance. Uh, what would you call them? The, um, the, the tunnels. tunnels? Yeah. Yeah, on top of the tunnels. And then doing, uh, uh, doing a couple of leaps off there. And One did an, uh, Matt did an elbow drop and yeah. Nick did a, did a, I think a 450 swanton. or something. Some kind of swanton, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the double count, one, two, three. So Bucks beat the Butcher and the Blade. Again, that's not too surprising. I think they're going to start building the Bucks up towards the tag titles. Butcher and Blade are just there to be kind of enhancement, but also they're, just, they're good talent to work with. So, yeah, really entertaining match. And it's kind of telling, Nick, because across both shows that happened on Wednesday night, this segment, which was the end of the first hour, was the most watched segment uh, of either show by a landslide. It did almost over 500,000 just in the, the demo, the 18 to 49 demo. It did over a million total. Wow. Which is a lot. If you've been kind of even like half half acidly following the ratings, that's a big deal. That's a lot of people watching that one segment and being pulled away from NXT. Um, so yeah, that was it's interesting that they people came for this as much as ever, like you hear a lot of complaints about flippy wrestling spot fests. This is what drew people in. Two things so, for me is uh, hat tip to Rick Knox for selling that finish. <laughs> uh, the way that he did, he, he got, when they both hit their fit, their finishers there off of the top of the tunnels, it's just oh, just over overselling it the way only Rick Knox can do, and then just like he looked at both of them and wasn't sure which one to count, so he just went down and started counting. I I love when you have a ref like that that just if if you're not paying attention to it, you miss out on that kind of fun. But he is one of those special kind of refs that much like a Mike Kyoto. Uh, much like a John Cone oh, is just all Mike. all in on the business and makes it that much more fun. Second yep. thing, um, Kyle with another five bucks in the in the super Thank chat. You, Thank you, sir. Thank you, uh, Butcher and the Blade are basically now Rhino and Rollins from Southpaw. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, that's Not a good wrong. one. Nice. Um, so yeah, so this was a fantastic match. I I also love that um, they put this in the middle of the show. Not anywhere else. They put it in the middle, the guts of the show. Um, and it kind of showed that the tag division is the guts of AEW. Like, I looked, I saw a, uh, a list the other day of all of the tag teams and potential tag teams that they have in AEW. Um, it's a long freaking list. You know, it's, 
it's at least 15, 16 teams, if not more. And they're all good teams I would want to watch. Uh, that's wild. And they're able to put a match like this that is this insane. This could have been a main event on any night through in the middle of the show because they had other shit to do. They had other bigger things to do. That's crazy. We even had, I mean, the main event was a tag team match. The main event was the inner circle represented by Jericho and Jake Hager versus Jurassic Express represented by uh, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. And we had, again, another match where... And Nick, this is actually brings me to a point I kind of want to ask you about here because okay. you've been you've been big on this show about saying that you're frustrated when singles wrestlers are thrown together as a tag team, and then they're presented as being a legitimate tag team, and that's in WWE is what you kind of you're kind of basing that on, right? mostly just most. in general. But yeah, okay. the, the mostly in the shoddy way that WWE handles it, handles it. So. What I'm noticing the AEW is starting has been doing, and now it's becoming, I think, much more apparent, is that they're actually saying it's not about tag teams and these two people being a team. It's about a style of wrestling, right? There's singles-style wrestling, and there's tag-style wrestling. And there are people who are specialists in tag team wrestling, and you can have tag teams because the two members are specialists in tag team wrestling. But you can also have two singles wrestlers wrestle a tag match. And that also, like, they're, they're going to be working tag rules. They understand the two different styles of matches. But I think the um, caveat here is that when you, involve, uh, when you pull two singles wrestlers out of the same faction, that kind of gives you a pass. It, that's different to me. When you, when you take Jericho and Jake Hager out of inner circle and put them in a tag match, um, that's different to me than s- slapping Asuka and Kyrie Sane together and not knowing how to how to book them or how to uh, do their entrances or how to do their songs. It doesn't feel like a cohesive thing. The The inner circle stuff still feels like a cohesive unit, and, and I think that's a caveat that I, I would levy out there. I think it's Okay, different. but like, let's, let's say look at Kip Sabian and, and Jimmy Havoc before Jimmy had to go away for a little sure. bit. Hey, they I, were a thrown eh. together tag team. They were eh. thrown together tag, but they but they they made sure to say, hey, yeah, these are two singles wrestlers who are just working in in the tag team division for right now because they couldn't get any headway in the singles. So hey, let's just let's, let's team up. We, there's a tag team division here too. Let's try our hand at that. You know what I mean? I'm a chef and I can't get hired to cook steaks at a restaurant, but you know what? I always do some. I also do some pretty good pasta. I'd say I'm probably better at making steak, but I'm pretty good at Italian as well. So you know, I'll go get hired at an Italian restaurant. Do you know what I mean? So like that's that's kind of the impression that I'm getting from AEW, and I'm liking that because it doesn't make us go down that that rabbit hole of oh no, they're starting a program where they're putting Alexa and Nikki together. Where is this going to lead? At what point is someone go so going to turn on so and so? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that that's, that's, that's all the tropes that exist in WWE. I think they've bypassed that in AEW by making us believe that there's a tag division and anyone can be in there. And there's also tag teams like Butcher and Blade that always are together and never go over to the single side. So I dig that. I dig that. And this main event was, was kind of like that. And it was a slobber knocker of a main event. Uh, you finally saw Luchasaurus and Jake Hager get to trade blows. And they beat the crap out of each other, Nick. I don't know if I've ever seen someone give Luchasaurus shots like that. No. He, it, hit, him so hard, he hit him so hard his ear was bleeding. Uh, he took an absolute shot, uh, cut his ear, and then you know Luchasaurus getting that kind of hot tag at the end of the match. 
coming in and doing one roundhouse kick and hitting both Jake Hager, almost cartoonishly, hitting Jake Hager and Jericho with one roundhouse kick. Um, it was a lot of fun. Marco yeah. Stunt getting involved from the ringside, little antics and things like that. This this was an absolute blast. I, I yeah. Again, I, and, and I don't feel like that Hager and Jericho were just kind of thrown together. Uh, they are a faction, and it's just like you know Marco Stunt and Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus having their own sort of Freebird-esque rule of coming through, and they'll pair them up randomly. But it's it's still Jurassic Express. It's still a boy and his dinosaur. Maybe it's just Luchasaurus and Marco Stunt at any given time. Who knows? But the, it still feels cohesive. They're still coming out as a unit. They're still all part of one faction. And, and that's the difference. I You mentioned Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc. Yeah, that, that wound me up a little bit. I, I, I wasn't in, invested in that. But the, are these <laughs> other ones that have been groups and have been forming groups for a long time, Dark Order is another good example. We're going to talk about them in a little bit. There, there's, uh, they're an example of you could take any, pluck any of them out. Whether it used to just be Stu Grayson and Evil Uno, now they've got five and ten and uh, these other folks that are part <laughs> of it. So, yeah, it's still the Dark Order. So yeah, but no, again, very entertaining. I thought that it was, you know, I liked that presentation of the tag division or as having, you know, tag rules and a tag match. It doesn't have to be a tag team, but you can have guys having a tag match. But that wasn't the story here. The story here was the fact that the end of the match. Uh, everything was breaking down. Out of the crowd, Serpentico comes out, does a shooting star press, and uh, causes Jungle Boy to get pinned. Uh, I believe it was Jungle Boy who ate the pin. But uh, Serpentico joining Inner Circle. Oh, wait, Swerve takes off the mask, and it's Sammy Guevara. In the moment, he I was like, make- oh, my God, is Ser- Serpentico going to unmask? Well, yeah, much much like Dick Togo dressing up as Bushi over in right. New Japan. If you looked closely and realized that that Bushi is not quite as jacked, <laughs> much in the same way, Serpentico didn't have tattoos or his uh, or his blue eyes, his blue contacts. Uh, but again, that's a great surprise. Sammy's back. The question, only question I have here before we move on, Nick, is: Is it too soon? It was, was that was three and a half weeks, three weeks, a long enough suspension for Sammy Guevara, given everything that went down? I don't know if I have an opinion on that. I don't. I, you know, it's, you it's have one to. of the. It's, it's a show. Well, okay. It, long enough for what? For to recognize the error in his ways, to go through mm-hmm. how many hours of recorded seminars uh, and management training, you know, harassment training courses. Yeah, you can get through those pretty quickly. But I, I think having the time off to reflect on the situation, uh, it was uh, was probably more important than any of the training that he might have gone through, but reflecting sure. on what he did, or at least as important, I'll say. Having that time to reflect on what happened, how everything transpired, what you did years ago, and why that was uh, why that was wrong, and, mm-hmm. and understanding that. And there was probably a meeting backstage that we'll never see or hear about. <coughs> Excuse me. Probably a few. Probably a few that were, you know, to test to make sure that Sammy was rehabilitated. So, Yeah. <laughs> Is it long I enough? Don't, I don't know. It's not for you or I to decide. It's for Tony Khan to decide. And Tony said he felt like it was long enough. And again, and, it right. was. Well, there you go. Uh, but that's the thing: is is uh, is it something that you rehab from? No, it's just you. The, the kid said something really stupid and insensitive. Uh, made a mistake. Got caught. Got called out for it. Took a time some time off of TV. Apologized profusely. Really took it on his own chin. Um, you know, and Sasha, Sasha didn't accept his apology. But she did say, okay, cool, I hear you. You know what I mean? So as far as I'm concerned, water under the bridge, let's move on. Yeah. 
And I think, I think that they, they kept him out for long enough for people to, in general to feel that way. And it was more about public perception than it was about Sammy learning anything. I don't know if he learned anything in three weeks, but I think that, you know, the buzz died down, the anger died down, and Sammy can now come back and just be kind of like, hey, guys, I'm here. I'm going to be over here doing shooting star presses. Don't mind me. So um, let's talk about people not minding people while they're over on the sidelines. Uh, Brian Cage and Taz came out, and Taz had to explain why he threw it in the towel for Brian Cage. And Brian Cage like, I'm going to hide over here behind Taz because he does the talk and he has the mic. And Taz was like, look, man, I know this guy doesn't give up. He's not ever going to tap. He's not going to going to give up. That's why he's the FTW champion is because he's a bad mother effer and he's not going to he's never going to give up. I had to protect my investment. I knew that Moxley was going to pop his arm. He's going to be out for another 6 months and I'm I've been there. I've also popped my arm. I popped my bicep Do ever, do a shot every time Taz says surgically repaired bicep. Surgically repaired bicep. And believe me, I got triggered cuz that's exactly the surgery that I had uh, right. in February. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, no, I don't want to do that again. Oh, God. Yeah, don't do it twice. Well, Taz says I didn't want him to go through it twice, so I threw in the towel. And it was a right. tough decision. We've been arguing about it all week, but here we are. We're still badasses, and we're going to, you know, next time we see Moxie, we're going to kick his ass. Uh, out comes Darby Allen. They had a little scuffle over on, uh, on Dark. We had a scuffle last week. Darby Allen's gunning for Cage because Cage knocked him out of the ring and off the ladder during the ladder match to get that title shot. So Darby's a little, a little bit... Uh, I don't like that Brian Cage. He's big and mean like the guys who used to bully me in high school, and that's why I'm so dark and edgy. So Darby comes out, but he forgot Cage has a buddy now because someone else joined the Taz brand. That's Ricky Starks. And Ricky Starks blindsided the hell out of Darby Allen. In his loafers. Cru crushed him. Crushed him. Dude went flying at heads, bong dong, off the ropes like Enzo and Simon Gotch. Dung dung off the ropes. Oh. And Brian Cage comes out, power bombs him on the entrance ramp, power bombs him over the top rope, into the ring, gets beat up. Ricky Starks puts him up, puts him down, beat the crap out of Darby, leave him lying. Moxley comes out through the crowd with a barbed wire baseball bat to chase them away. Uh, and now, so Moxley and Darby still on the same page. Could we see, instead of more Cage and Moxley one on one, could we see Moxley and Darby teaming up against? Starks and Cage. Possibly. I think it's more likely we're going to see Darby and Starks before we see anything else with Cage and Mox. Well, we're having a tornado tag next week. I'm just wondering how long that goes. Do you know what I mean? We're having the between the four of them. I thought Darby was concussed. I had heard that he was legit concussed from that hit he took from Ricky Starks. Mm. But well, that, I guess that would my, change things. Yeah. So I'm I'm waiting to see if that tag match goes forward. But I'm just wondering if that's a tag program or just a one-off match and we go back into single stuff afterwards. And if so, if we're because Moxley is actually getting uh, challenged by somewhere else, so let's move over and talk about that. MJF has been running his mouth about Moxley on Twitter. Uh, this week, MJF came out and wanted to teach Jungle Man Griff Garrison a lesson, which he did. Uh, Griff wanted to talk smack about him how MJF lost a tag match uh, at Fight for the Fallen and uh, or Fighter Fest, one of those fight ones. And uh, MJF didn't like that, so he decided to humiliate Griff Garrison, which he did, beat him up, and, uh, and, and made, him, made him cry and everything. So I, was this, did this feel like The Rock burying Billy Gunn to you a little bit with little MJF bit. just absolutely destroying Griff on the mic and then in the match? 
Um, like I, I know that I know that Griff's got a ways to go right now. He's enhancement. They're going to build him up. So it's not like Billy Gilmore. They're trying to make him a new star with that scenario. And the Rock just stopped his push cold. Well, I mean, you kind of answered it for me there. That that's that's where I was going to go. And Billy Gunn oh, okay. was was was. I don't I don't remember. He wasn't quite, or he was. They were coming out of the DX stuff, if I remember right. So they, he was trying to go singles and all of that stuff. So I yeah I kind of. But listen, I it, it's all about MJF. I don't, I don't really he let him make fun of Griff, let him bully him a little bit, let him be a dick heel in a suit, and I'm I'm that's that's kind of his mo. And the thing that I'm excited about is I've this is what I've since Cody faced MJF in that sort of gauntlet of things that he had to get past. Uh, I think from there I said, okay, MJF is going to be your next heel champ. And I, it's, I see here him, we go. I, I see Moss giving him his first loss. If anything, I don't I don't see MJF taking the title off of Moxley off of Moxley with no crowd. You don't put the don't put the title on, on MJF when there's no crowd to freak out about it. There's not going to be a crowd for a long time. Save that. Still, don't care. Save it. What's the rush? Okay. What's the rush? You said the same thing about Jericho, but okay. I did, and I and I I stand by it. All right. I stand by it. Moxley's not been a lights out amazing champ. No, he hasn't. Jericho. Jericho. Another feels, reason to take it off of him and put it on MJF. Jericho still feels like more of the champ than Moxley does. Yep. So, there you go. We had a debut. We had two debuts in the same match. Diamante versus Ivelisse. Both the young Puerto Rican ladies finally showing up on AEW. It was only a matter of time. Ivelisse came out in one of the uh, battle royales, as I recall. But uh, right. they gave them a lot of a long match to work with. The buy-ins gave, or whatever they call them. Yeah, they yep. gave they gave them quite a quite a bit of time to work, and they had a, a nice long match uh, that was basically Ivelisse had Diamante's number, was beating her ass the entire match, and then at the end, Diamante snuck out a, a sneaky win. So uh, I, I like the way that they, they booked this, the way that they did this. It made Ivelisse look like a killer and made Diamante look like she was a wily wrestler. Mm-hmm. They both looked strong. I, if they have another match next week, which they might have, uh, if this becomes a series, I guess it's being a series, and them trading wins. That's how this match made me feel like they were. So I thought a really good debut for both of them. Yeah, absolutely. They looked great. Uh, nice throwback to Lucha Underground to see these ladies again. Uh, the Boricuas showing back up and showing out strong. Both coming out with the flags. Both uh, Ivelisse came out with the – or they both had the the bandanas on. Just yep. total badasses. I love it. Uh, it was I, I, it was not as long as I would have liked it to be. It was that sneaky roll-up, surprise roll-up finish. I uh, So I've – Fine. I would have loved to see them, you know, get a full ten to fifteen minutes and see what they could do. Uh, I but think they, this, huh? well, maybe that says something, Nick, because I think the match was ten to fifteen minutes. So uh, the fact that it went quickly for you, I think, is a sign that they did a good match. It was oh, okay. Match. It didn't feel like that long then. Yeah, I think that's awesome then. Um, yeah. But I, I will say this: we're about to have a women's tag team tournament coming up. They've been a tag team in the past. I think they make a, if they pulled them in, they might be a great tag team to work with. I know Diamante has a, t- a, a title match against Hikaru Shida next week from winning this match. So that's another that's what she's going to be doing next. Yep. As far as Ivelisse, though, the question is, you know, she's got a bit of a checkered past. She has been uh, a bit of a problem backstage. Other places she's worked, apparently a bit of an attitude. Do you feel like they'll be able to work with her in AEW if they do decide to sign her? I think so. You think that that's behind her now? You think that she won't be in trouble backstage? Uh, I hope so. Let me say that. Okay. Um, it's it's enough of a concern that it gives me pause, and I'm skeptical about it, but skeptically optimistic. Uh, yeah. I, she's extremely talented. Uh, loved her work in in 
the indie stuff that she's done in Lucha Underground. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a fan uh, of her in-ring work and of her mic work. So I want to see I, – I love the run that she had with Son of Havoc, like all of that with Matt. So I love all of that stuff. Um, I want to see her get an opportunity like that, uh, and I think AEW is a good place to do it. They're, they're hurting fingers, in the women's division crossed. right now. They need some more talent. They're rife with injuries. There's yeah. opportunity abounds in the women's division in AEW. So good luck. Not for to these. mention travel restrictions. Right. So yeah, th- so it would definitely I think be a, a bonus to get both these very talented ladies. Yeah. Uh, Hangman Page also was on the show. He had a match. You mentioned the Dark Order earlier. He had a match with Number Five, formerly Allen Angels, I believe was his name. Uh, a match with Number Five, which was going pretty much Hangman's way, and then the rest of the Dark Order came out to stand on the ring on the uh, entrance ramp and watch. Hangman still ended up beating Alan Angels, beating him pretty soundly, and then Brody Lee came out to the ring with Colt Cabana kind of standing up there looking like, I don't know, I don't, I don't know where I am. I'm, I'm Colt, Colt, Colt Cabana. I just, I'm here. Boom, uh, boom, 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 boom. What are we doing, guys? Uh, uh, and Brody Lee came to the ring and said, you know, Hangman, uh, I gotta say, you seem like you're pretty chill for being in a really unsafe position right now with all these guys kind of out here with you. Yeah. And Hangman, Hangman kind of goes, "Okay, are we gonna fight?" And Brody's like, "No, no, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not here to fight you. I'm not here to fight you. I'm just here to tell you that if you were to join the Dark Order, you would never be left alone in situations dead or dangerous like this again. I'm just, just putting that out there, Mister Page, Mister Cowboy." And uh, Hangman said, "Look, dude, I'm not. I'm not interested in joining a cult." Whoa, 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 oh, whoa, 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 whoa! You said the c word. This is the four letter c word, there, pal. <laughs> Brody Lee didn't like that. Okay, well, okay. You want to, you want to bring that word out of me? All right. Well, then don't. I, I, I can't say I didn't try. And he goes and he grabs Colt and leads poor little innocent Bambi Colt back into the back, like a little fawn. And then, of course, the Dark Order all falls on Hangman Page, starts to beat the crap out of him. Uh, he holds his own, but then they all they all end up beating his ass until FTR comes out with the cooler, smashes the cooler over their heads, and starts beating up everybody. Beers and ice uh, go flying everywhere. Yep. And by the time, uh, right as the right as they're getting the edge, and the Dark Order is chased out of the ring, out comes Kenny Omega to be like, "I'm here too, guys. I got you back, Hangman. I'm here. I'm here. I got you." So, uh, Hangman shearsing with some beers at FTR after being like, yeah, thanks a lot, Kenny. Thanks for coming out eventually, I guess. So, it looks like the storyline we're going for now is Hangman is finding more in common with FTR than with his tag partner, with the Elite. Uh, slow burn story, Nick. It seems like it's, it's, it's evolving little by little. But do they have your attention? Are they keeping you intrigued and interested in this? Mm, I'm losing patience Still. very quickly. Much like really? I kind of lost patience with Bailey and Sasha, I'm starting to lose patience in the same way with Paige and Omega. My and goodness. it feels if you're watching BTE, which you guys, you need to be watching BTE because there's <laughs> so much that crosses over, and it really frustrates me when I'm watching Dynamite. I'm going, why didn't you put the clip of the thing in Dynamite to tell the story? Oh. If you're not watching it, you're not seeing a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff that's happening that tells the story of why Omega took so long to come out because he's kind of losing his shit right now. He's he's kind of going crazy. And you're talking about Omega. Omega, excuse me, yes. Yeah, Omega's kind of losing his... He's becoming a dick. Yep. And, you know, so we're seeing a lot, but that that's not apparent on Dynamite if you don't watch a lot of those. So Correct. anyway, my point is, 
it feels like it's ramping up, don't stop, start it. Or don't start, stop it. Like, let it go. Let it play out. Push right. the gas. Pull the trigger. Let's go. Do something. So you're saying speed up. Let's go on this. Let's. I don't, I'm not saying speed up, but let's... We got till September. We got a few more weeks to get to the next big pay-per-view. Let's make it happen. Okay. You want it to go. It, we've been waiting on this since they've been teasing that they were going to turn on each yep. other for months now. Yep. Also at All Out uh, in September, we got Britt Baker says she'll be back then. She gave another uh, nice little promo where she was talking smack to both Rebel and Tony Schiavone. And, and nasty you surgery four. photo up her nose that I didn't need uh, to see. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we can show Edge's, Edge's arm and his muscle, his tendon being torn off the bone without any warning on WWE. I guess we can, you know, show up Britt. <laughs> so far up Britt Baker's nose, we can see her brain uh, on AEW. Uh, looks like she's going to all out. Looks like she's facing uh, Big Swole. They're still exchanging a war of words in promos. All about it. Can't wait to see that. Um, but I am curious where they're going next with Lance Archer. Marvez catches up with Archer and Jake in the parking lot and tries to ask them, what's next? What are you going to do now? You kind of seem to just be here. And uh, Jake goes, oh, why do you have to say that? And Lance storms off. He's like, you want to see something? Marvez grabs Marvez, pulls him with him. Off into a random locker room, walks in, murders everybody in the locker room, tossing dudes into the wall. One guy throws them in a trash can, just kills everybody. Oh, let's let's forget the trash can. Let's talk about the guy he threw through the ceiling. <laughs> he literally hucked a man. That's a grown man, and he threw him through the ceiling. Uh, by the way, quick, uh, quick little fun aside. Uh, for those that don't live in the South, uh, it's been over 100 degrees here all week. And you right. got you kind of saw that in Jake Roberts' shirt. Oh, dude, yeah. It looked like he just climbed out of a swimming pool, and it was nighttime <laughs> in Jacksonville, Florida. It's hot. Uh, <laughs> it's yeah, humid, man. and it's hot. Yeah, man, but it's a dry heat. It is uh, the polar opposite of a dry yeah. heat out here. <laughs> Stow it, Hudson. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, threw a guy through the ceiling. Lance Archer beating everybody up uh, and says to Marvez, everybody dies. I'm going to find somebody. I'm going to kill him. So Lance Archer's still out there kind of spinning wheels, but they're also reminding you that he is he's able to destroy people. Yeah. So um, so that was AEW. I, saw, I thought a pretty fantastically solid show all around, man. Yeah. Yeah, no complaints like, whatsoever. Got some debuts. Got beefing up the women's division some more. Tag team division is uh, advancing. A debut of Eddie Kingston. I just... What's you had to love? every every style of match you could possibly want. You had a, a brawl with thumbtacks. You had a uh, insane false gun anywhere tag team match. You had a straight up tag team match in the main event. You had one on one brawls debuts. Like you said, it, yeah, all around really solid show. It was a, a buffet uh, of the professional wrestlings. A, a buffet. It had a buffet. A, it had a nice fat buffet. But that wasn't the only show that was good on Wednesday. No, because we're spoiled these days, Nick. We got to talk about the other really good show that was on Wednesday as well, and that, of course, was NXT. Well, I'm getting emotional already. Going to talk we, about this. Um, man. We we need to preface this by saying we did an episode of BWO Daily on Wednesday, mm -hmm. where we posited that uh, combined with the idea that there would be a huge announcement. And a tweet that was sent out by William Regal, basically a retirement tweet. Yeah, uh, we were we were guessing who was going to replace William Regal fun, as fun GM. Second. Yeah, it was it was, a, yeah. it was a fun show. It was a fun fun little yeah. segment there. Yeah, but we were wrong. 
Thank we, God. We were so wrong. <laughs> Thank God. I, 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 we yeah. said on that show, like, I hope we're wrong. I hope it's something else. And what do you know? It was something else. It was Keith Lee showing up on TV to drop the North American Championship. He just won it. And now he's – so what he said was – and this – again, before we get into the, the bizarreness of this booking, what he said was, I believe in opportunity. And I got opportunity after opportunity after opportunity, and things went my way, and here I am with both belts. But there are so many people out there in NXT who need opportunity. And me hoarding these belts is not going to give people that opportunity. There's not going to be as many uh, options. I can defend the NXT championship, but the North American championship should be an opportunity for a lot of other people in NXT. So I am going to drop that belt and let people fight for that belt. And Regal said, that's a great idea. We're going to have a whole bunch of triple threat matches. The, winner, the winners of those five matches will then go on to a five-person ladder match at TakeOver 30, which is very appropriate seeing as the first... North American Championship match was a uh, five or six person ladder match, and it was one of the greatest matches in NXT history. That it was a five star match, so I thought that's very appropriate. But so that's that all sounds great, except Nick, and this is what I want. I want to ask you if this felt the same way to you. Is it weird? Is it weird booking to have Keith Lee win both championships? defend them both once against Dijak and then the next week be like, eh, I didn't need this one. Does that seem a little bit quick? Like if a little, little too soon. I experienced every emotion on the spectrum during, (laughs) during this. And I, and I want to lay that out for you. If I may, I'm going to do it as fast as possible. Uh, When Keith first came out, opened the show and, was the one making the announcement, not Regal. I went, just, oh, God damn it. <laughs> we got worked and just mad frustration sort of thing. I immediately went back to YouTube and made a comment and boy, we missed the mark on that one. You guys will see that on the eh, video. If you go back, happens. The second thing was I got really s- combo, sad, mad, upset at the idea of Keith just sort of eh, discarding yeah. the North American championship. And I went, no why why are you doing that and then i went to then we jumped over to regal and he says wow keith that's a really good idea in fact here's what we're going to do now all of this off the back of that bomb ass cruiserweight tournament that we just we all just witnessed for a couple of months there right uh leading up to santos escobar and drake maverick and all of that universally loved right now we're going to have another version of that, except it's going to be a series of triple threat matches, four triple threats, that will determine the opponents in a what, five or six person ladder match at TakeOver 30? Mm-hmm. SummerSlam weekend? If there's ever been a put it in my eye holes, <laughs> it's that. And the the lineup, they didn't tell us any of the lineups other than the first match, and we got a tease at the second one. We're going to get the next week, this week. Uh, yes. All of this, I went from really mad and upset to, you know what? This, okay. To, oh, my God, this is going to be amazing. So I, I went through the whole spectrum. 
I, I, I literally started at just table flipping mad and upset. Why are you doing that, Keith? Don't give it away. No. Yeah. Uh, he sold it to me. I, I heard that because I heard that he did this. I heard this is what they were going to do before I watched the show. Yeah. And I was I was steaming because I'm like, why have him go through all the trouble of winning both titles if you're going to just have him just, eh, I don't need this one. It's history. It. It's a history-making moment right. for Keith it's Lee. Like you just, you just <laughs> wanted the moment, and then you're going to have him go face a, a carrying cross and probably drop the damn belt. Like It's going to be a really short reign, so you're giving him a big moment to offset the short reign, but then why not have him keep the one? Eh, it didn't sit right until I heard him explain it. And when Keith Lee explained it and the way that he framed it and the way that in storyline they're saying, no, 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 this, Keith wants to give people opportunity. It's a, it's a magnanimous gesture on his part, and that fits into his character so perfectly. I went, ah, all right. Uh, uh, okay. All right, fine. And also we're going to get five awesome triple threat matches and then an awesome ladder match at TakeOver 30. All right, you, you sold me. Yep. Okay, I, I suppose I can forgive the Goonie booking of having him drop the damn belt. Uh, Kyle over in the chat. Thank you again, Kyle. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you, man. Goodness. $5, he says, I love Keith doing this in absence of an open challenge. Gives that title an identity, good character moment, and cements Lee, SA, Lee as the greatest North American champ. Um, yeah, exactly. And we also saw the first of these triple threat matches with Johnny Gargano versus Roderick Strong versus Bronson Reed. Damn, boy. All right. He came in. He's been on a bit of a roll lately. Uh, had a had a, a couple matches with Karrion Cross where he looked good. He got killed, but he looked good. Um, but here he is in this match. And he was it was it was the thick boy versus the two pipsqueaks. And it was the two pipsqueaks bouncing off the thick the thick boy for most of the match. Um and shockingly after a, a, actually, I thought a really fun match, really well worked match, well thought out, of Roderick and 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 Gargano bouncing off of 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 Jonah Rock, off of Bronson Reed for most of the match, and finally Reed getting taken out on the outside, but then getting back in in time to do the big splash off the top onto uh, Strong, and steal the win. Bronson Reed wins the match. Hmm. And I'm pretty mm. sure immediately after I saw it, uh, th this was the text exchange between myself and Sir Ian Danger, or I guess yes. what I sent to you. Well, I never saw that relinquish coming, but four triple threat matches that leads to a fatal four-way ladder match at SummerSlam weekend for TakeOver 30. Yep. Uh, it's like I booked this madness. Put it in my <laughs> eye holes. Yes! <laughs> and I think yeah, I later I said, uh, I think I'm a Bronson Reed mark now. It's you like you like the big sweaty man. Mm, we know mans. that Nick Nick likes the big man meat, the big slabs, the big walls. Thick ass man, damn. Yes, you like them big boys. And this was, I mean, you and I saw Jonah Rock live. Yep. You uh, back in the Indies. He's a big you boy. I, he's a big boy. He's a little less big now. He's lost some weight, yeah, but true. um, but he's put it in better places. Uh, he's had some good matches at NXT. I, I think this was the right call. Like it, it makes sense to me at this point, if you're going to have the North American championship be about shining a light on up and coming stars, this is a good time to do it. Gargano yep. and strong have had their time. Like they can go do other stuff. Um, it's a good time. To let thick boy rides a big motorbike. Thick boys. <sighs> no, uh, Mike, Mike Ness. No. Okay. Uh, we're um, all on board with thick boy getting a chance, uh, at this, 
uh, and and seeing him come off of a ladder yeah. is a moment that I am anticipating greatly. <laughs> um, but what do you think about Gargano uh, being out of this? Yeah. What do you think about the, the like? I and I would strong. not have ex- and strong me like I would not have expected. I would well, expect that these two guys to be some of the con- former and former North American champions, being uh, uh, more co- bigger contenders. I'll say this: NXT usually does the last match of the tournament being a, a last chance match. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if these guys tried for it again and one of them got in. Okay. Wouldn't surprise me at all. But that being said, um. It just shows how stacked NXT is. If they want to give, like at some point, if you want to give someone a chance, one of the guys on top needs to step aside. In NXT, they're not afraid to do that. Main roster, they're afraid to do that. Yeah. Although this week Poor might prove me wrong. Sorry. Well, this this week might have proved me wrong on that actually, but um, we'll get to that. But anyway, yeah, no, loving this, but that th- that wasn't all of the drama going on with this whole scene because, yay, Bronson Reed going on. He'll be in the ladder match. That's fantastic. But Keith Lee had other things to deal with because the NXT championship is being targeted by Karrion Cross, And that's not all. Last week, Karrion Cross beat up Dijakovic backstage. Dijakovic is pissed. And they had a match this week, which was, Nick, I want to say it was about as close to a perfect soap opera pro wrestling match as you could possibly get. Yeah, and it, it was even preceded with Dijak uh, with maybe the most burniest of burn tweets ever. Like, I'm going to roll in and slap the MS Paint tattoos off of Karrion Cross. Like, yeah. Like, whole, bro, okay. What? Holy shit. Okay. That rolling in with that attitude um, and Dijak coming out and just uh, side-eyeing him the entire time he was doing his entrance and all it's of this. It's real easy for Ooh. Dijak to come across as a little bit dorky. And I, I've, we've seen him do it a lot where he just seems to, to just, you know, unless he's 100% on and looking focused and angry, he tends to come across as being a little dorky. He did not hear. He no. came across like a guy who was pissed off because this other guy messed with him. He's going to go out there and he knew the guy was dangerous as hell, but he's going to try his best to whoop his ass. And that's what happened. We had two big dudes and Dijak is bigger than Karrion, but Karrion's not small. No. They were whooping up on each other. For the first part of this and you could tell like it was kind of uh, I liked the way they booked it where Dijak had the power and his strikes were actually Karrion was selling to him which was great to see I'm, li- I'm glad that Karrion's not an invulnerable monster thank God um, Dijak was hurting him uh, but Karrion just had the technique he had a little bit of an edge in terms of technique he was a little wilier he had some better moves he had Dijak figured out a little bit more and Dijak was just hanging in there through sheer power and, and will and that was fun until on the outside, Dijak tried to throw Karrion into the steps. Karrion reversed it, threw Dijak into the steps, and Dijak happened to land funny with his head behind the steps. And Karrion goes and just kicks the top step into Dijak, in, quote, air quotes, into Dijak's head. And it looked like an execution, Nick. Yeah, Mara lost his mind. But he sold, he sold the hell out of it. Mara did. Yeah. And Dijak. Dijak just sold it like he had been completely completely knocked out. Yeah, just a limp corpse. Yeah. Um, gets thrown back into the ring by Karrion Cross, who then just mounts him and starts to just beat the absolute piss out of him, which brings out Keith Lee. And Nick, this, from here on, has to be some of the greatest, like, high drama I've seen in a wrestling match in the U.S. 
in a long time. There was honor here. There was integrity. There, there, oh, there, there was integrity. <laughs> I love it when my wrestling has integrity. Um, I loved it. It was, it was Keith Lee coming out, like, wanted to get in the ring to save his buddy from getting the beating. And Dijak wakes up for just long enough. And Karrion Cross lets him. Dijak wakes up long enough to go, no, Keith, no, it's on me. Let me do this. And Keith just has to sit there and watch as Karrion murders Dijak in front of him. And between Dijak just never taking his eyes off of Keith Lee as Karrion locks in the, the cross jacket and puts him to sleep, and Karrion just like staring daggers at Keith and being like, watch, I want you to watch. And then Dijak just slowly going out and Keith just standing there just so like fuming, so mad. Uh, it was it was wonderful. It was so captivating. Um, if you have any kids who are watching this, they just became absolute fans of all three of these guys. I, I would have been absolute. This would have been one of my defining moments if I watched this as a kid. Yeah. For wrestling, I'd have I would have been like glued. This they nailed this. They took this over the wall. Absolutely amazing moment. Yeah. And and, and, and Keith Lee ch- stacks up yet another moment. You know, <laughs> right. as part of his run in NXT. And, and it was. It's perfect because we went from being like, well, what do Keith Lee and Cross have to do with each other? Like, we okay, Cross is targeting Adam Cole. He's been the champ forever. All right. Keith Lee's the new champ. This just made shit real personal. It's real personal now. Was it Cross getting back for him breaking his hourglass? There's all kinds of things you could tie doesn't, to this over the last couple of months. You know? Jesus, doesn't matter. He just killed his best friend. This is, I mean, we were talking about this in the Busted Wide Open discussion group. We had, I was saying it was kind of like Android 16 versus Perfect Cell in DBZ. Other guys were saying uh, Frieza killing Vegeta in DBZ to try to bring out Goku's inner strength. Um, Rocky Four was mentioned. Yeah. Right? I must break him. Which is ironic considering that Keith just said that in the Johnny Gargano match. No, if you know any of those moments, you know this moment fits right in there with those. Yep. This this perfectly makes you completely invested in Keith versus Cross. I thought it was coming too quickly, but damn, you have my attention now. Yep. What Nailed. else has my attention is Kyle with 20 bucks in the super chat. Dude. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you. man. Says Malcolm Bevins in the back yelling at Lee, throw the damn towel! Throw the towel! Throw the damn towel! Amazing match, and because of this like build, I'm, man in Rocky Four. Yeah, I'm fine either way on the takeover match. Also, loved a little bit. You're not Keith Lee, neither are you. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that yeah, you, there Kyle. was some good jaw jacking. Uh, Dijak is a good jaw jacker in his matches, and we don't haven't seen enough of that really in his matches where he I think they told him to stop talking so much. Let him talk more. The guy is a is a great shit talker doing it during his matches. Yeah, and especially he, now right. when there's no crowds, we can hear it. You know. Yeah, he's got good patter. Let him go. So no, this was this was absolutely amazing. Loved this. The only thing I'm worried about, dude, is how does Lee win against Karrion Cross? They've built him up to be an unstoppable monster. Does Lee beat Cross the first time, and Cross ultimately takes it from him? Yes. Or does. Or does Lee lose that first time and have a short reign? I think it's going to be two matches. Cross ends up with it. Keith Lee goes and plays at Survivor Series. And maybe Royal Rumble maybe. after that. Maybe. I mean, I'm wondering if we're going to have the three-brand Survivor Series in November. That'll, that'll really guide me in what, I, what my thinking is. Yeah. Uh, after he had the amazing Survivor Series breakout last year, and then going on to the Rumble and that moment and the other moments that he's had. I mean, like, he's he is on the fast, 
freaking track, folks. Mm-hmm. And believe me, they have eyeballs on him, and the NXT Championship is going to be in his rear view very, very soon. We'll see. And yeah. The North American Championship's already in his rear view. <laughs> he's probably going to regret tossing that belt down when Karrion Cross takes the NXT Championship. Yeah. Um, something I didn't see coming, Nick. Shotzi Blackheart versus Aaliyah. Uh, and, and quite a nice match. Yeah, Aaliyah's boy. showing some stuff I had no idea she could do. It's amazing Shotzi what happens when you get match. him away from Vanessa Bourne. Amazing. <laughs> what I didn't see, I saw I saw Shotzi beating Aaliyah. That was, we saw that coming. I yeah. saw uh, Robert Stone acting like a a Tony Khan on on cocaine with his <laughs> busted leg from the from the the tank. What I didn't see is after the match, Shotzi Blackheart runs over Robert Stone's other foot. <laughs> And he's screaming and yelling, and as she stands up to to do her dog howl, her wolf howl, she gets blasted out of nowhere by Mercedes Martinez, who then later backstage, as Robert Stone is taking care of both of his feet, comes up to Robert Stone and says, look, I don't want to deal with all the match booking and the money and the contracts and all that crap. If you can deal with that and let me concentrate on what I do in the ring... I want to get your services. And Robert Stone is just flabbergasted. You can't believe that someone as legit as Mercedes Martinez wants to deal with him. And frankly, I can't either. But okay, I'll go with it. Um, Mercedes Martinez joins the Robert Stone brand. Chelsea who? Wow. Yeah, Chelsea Green. What happened to her? What? Um, Sitting sitting supposedly somewhere between NXT and the main roster. Mm. So that's, Wow interesting and looks like the first feud will be against Shotzi Blackheart who needs to have a strong win so that's an interesting dynamic they're setting up there because the Robert Stone brand so far has been nothing but goofy and Mercedes Martinez we were talking earlier about coming across as being legit and authentic she feels authentic she feels like she could actually kick someone's ass she brings that authenticity to the Robert Stone brand not the other way around and that's what I was going to ask is does she actually elevate the Robert Stone brand which up until now has been kind of slapstick um, so my favorite part of that whole bit was Robert Stone, uh, doing his crazy antics with the boot, right. uh, just jump, jumping around, going crazy, the whole thing. And it actually, it borderline detracted from what an amazing match it was to see Aaliyah doing a really good job and, uh, and Shotzi being Shotzi. This match was fantastic. Um, but they did. I think they did a really good job of balancing what was going on outside the ring with Robert Stone and what was going on in ring with the ladies. And then the stuff at the end with Mercedes. This this made for an incredible segment. Uh, I really really enjoyed this. I wow. want I want the Robert Stone thing to be bigger. I wanted it to have an opportunity to be bigger, and I thought Chelsea would be the one that would take it over the hump. I had no idea what I was that they would get rid, that upset over them not allowing them to use their pool. Um, but you know, it, <laughs> I don't think that's it. <laughs> I, I thought it might be, have buried the Robert Stone brand thing, but this is exciting to me. I like factions. I like managers. I like mm-hmm. groups. Let's yeah. and we we have a, a big lack of them in the women's division universally. Yeah. So yes, give me more of this. Give me some legitimacy with a Merce- Mercedes Martinez bruiser brawler absolute. Mm, in, give me in something Robert, new. Something yep. new. Something interesting. You have a different, my attention. A different, yep, you have my attention entirely. Brad Shepard, the good Brad Shepard. Has my attention over in the chat. Five dollars. He says, "Thank you very much, brother." By the way, he says, uh, "Lee mouthing, I hate you." To cross was telling his face told the whole story. Yep. Yeah, and it's true. And then um, uh, Kyle says, "Yeah, it's like pissing off Tom Hanks." It says a lot. If you get if you get Lee to the point of 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 being mad. 
Uh, no, good, very good point, Brett Shepard. That was a great moment too, and I, I have a feeling there's a lot of stuff from that moment with Lee and Cross. They're going to take and use for video packages that are going to be sick. Mm. They're going to be sick. Um, so let's move on. Timothy Thatcher and Oni Lorkin. We had a buffet over in NXT too. Yeah. We had a buffet here. We had a catches catch can chain wrestling. Two like like you talk about two guys who are legit. Oni Lorkin and, and Timothy Thatcher uh, came out there and looked like they actually. We're fighting each other. If like there's one thing I like better than big boys, you know, hitting each other, it's two incredible technical workers going yes. at each other like this in sort of generic gear and just showing you what yes. professional wrestling is actually all about. Two creative wrestlers who get into the ring and absolutely just go ham on each other. And Oni's the perfect opponent for Thatcher with this, too, because you can hit the crap out of him and he likes it. You can twist him in all sorts of ways, and he can get out of it and reverse it and come back at you. Um, and both matches have been there but for you know, a, a move here, move there. It, they've both felt like Oni just slipped up, and Timothy T Thatcher took advantage. In this one, Oni actually had Timothy Thatcher in a submission move, and Thatcher just happened to shift weight and get Oni's shoulders down for yep. the win this time. Um, I'm loving this series, man. I'm riveted by these matches. They're so intense. So intense and so good and so hard hitting and so technical. They're just they're masterpieces. And I know they're not everyone's thing. They can be a bit dry if that's if you want to see more sports entertainment. But um and you know, and fair, if so, everyone's got their own predilections. I love this stuff. Me too. I freaking love it. I just wonder if this is good for Oni because, you know, he's not winning here. He's looking like he can hang with Thatcher, but this is ultimately for Thatcher to look like a monster. Um that you know, and we're getting this is to put Thatcher over. Yeah, we've seen we've we've seen and known of Oni Lorcan in NXT for years now. Thatcher's but, been yeah. around for like six eight months. And Oni went. He won a match over on Two Hundred Five Live. He teamed up with uh, Mansoor and Danny Birch and won a match on Two Hundred Five Live. Right. So they're they're giving him his fifty fifty yeah. here. So he's not he's not you know don't feel too bad. Um, but that wasn't the only match between a couple of 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 hosses beating each other up. We also had Killian Dane versus Dexter Loomis, which was a surprisingly entertaining match. Um, be, uh, Loomis pulling out some moves we've never seen before, uh, like a kip-up leg drop, and uh, so, uh, some pretty a pretty cool senton at one point too. Like he's got some stuff we have not seen before, and some pretty athletic stuff. And uh, Killian Dane was there just to be a monster. Loomis ultimately uh, putting Killian to sleep in this match, and now we're we've it's been announced we're going to get Finn Balor, Dexter Loomis, and Timothy Thatcher. In the next round of the uh, triple threat challenge for that spot in the ladder match for the North American Championship, Finn Balor, Loomis, and Thatcher. That, that that's a pay per view main event just, match. How do you pick just one to go into that ladder match? And if so, which one? Uh, if I'm basing anything on what we just watched this week, I mean, they could put Loomis through. They could easily put Loomis through. They could easily put Thatcher through. Yeah. I, I could see either one going, or I could see Finn just maintaining momentum, as they say. Well, he um, did get the video package, little black and white did. vignette of him, well, the other guys a little had, speech. The other guys had matches, so that's way yeah. to make him relevant. Yep. I guess the other thing I have to ask here is, at what point does Killian Dane have to reevaluate his worth to WWE? Because he got, went back down to NXT, had a couple of brief feuds, and other than that, has just been used as an enhancement guy. He's just there to lose matches to make guys look like they can beat a monster. He hasn't been able to find a crowd. 
Uh, and what I mean by that is he hasn't been able to to get over. He ha- he was the hairy monster, the the beast of Belfast as part of sanity, but he hasn't since that breakup, since that got torn down, he hasn't really had a home. He hasn't really had a following. He hasn't had anything to do. He's also changed his look. He's gone from, you know, big Scottish kind of rikishi that has a lot of body hair to in wearing that singlet into sort of a biker guy wearing jeans and, and motorcycle boots. Yeah. And I'm just like, he's got a bit of an identity crisis right now, I think is the problem, and they haven't done a good – and he's had that for a while, and he had, they haven't really done a good job of, like, telling you that story. They, they did a little bit of it with some packages and things like that, part of his Tron re, uh, revamp and all of that. But, but I still don't know who Killian Dane – the, yeah, the gimmick is the doesn't help when it when he when he rips off his shirt in this match and it's just kind of hanging around his waist looks like a whale tail that right. did not help at all either. He was doing his best Lita impression. Yep. <laughs> See, for those that know, nicely y- done. Y- you know, nicely you know. done. Yep. So yeah, I worry about Killian Dane. I also worry a little bit about Brizango. They had a match against Everrise, which was basically just a jumped up comedy match. Um, Everrise, they made sure everyone knew they're hey they're from Canada. They're from Canada, everybody. Okay, now you'll get it why Brizango's coming out as to the Mounties music dressed as <laughs> Mounties. Ha ha, see, they're mocking them because they're from Canada. Get it? And the commentary's making Canada jokes right and left. Luckily, no, nothing was said about a moose knuckle. But they, they got into the ring and had what I can only describe as an AEW-style match. Tons of spots, comedy, and it finished with a, with a pair of super kicks. The one spot that I remember out of the match really is Fandango doing the salute with the Mountie, the Mountie hat on, the Mountie fall, yeah, kind of doing a t- falling tower off the top yeah, of the turnbuckle, the, the Mountie dive, yeah, yeah, um, and that's and that was the thing is the match was also nostalgia, but I'm sitting here going, you know, you're trying to make us believe that Brizango are legitimate, um, and you're having them face off against the guys who play characters I was ninjas, yeah. on 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 Raw, like. Why not just have them come out as the ninjas instead of Everrise and do a little cross-pollination? Or something. I don't know. This, this yeah. didn't hit it for me. And what they're doing with Brazango is not, not hitting for me either. I feel like they're not making them feel more legitimate. They're making them seem goofy. Yeah, it is and not even consistent. And they're, like, at least Fashion yeah. Police had some consistency to it. And, you exactly. Know. Go- goofiness and Brazango go hand in hand, but this is just not connecting, I guess, no. is what I should, I should change to say. If their gimmick is going to be, we're going to come up with costumes and ideas that will poke at our opponents, explain that to us in whatever possible way you can. Well, and they but, tried to. They Remember when they had the tag title shot, they were like, yeah, we, may, we have fun before the match, but during the match, we're totally serious. In this match, they weren't serious. They were messing with Everrise right and left. Like, I, If they're trying to keep us relevant, uh, them relevant, and they're still going to be in that feud with Drake Maverick and... and uh, uh, Carlos Santana. What is it? Whatever his name is. San- <laughs> Carlos Santos Escobar. Uh, Santos Escobar. Carlos. Uh, <laughs> hey, real quick, two bucks in the super chat from Kyle again. If you give it a month, maybe put Dane with Robert Stone. Okay. Let's let Stone kind of get over the goofy stuff and and re-legitimize and have Mercedes make him more serious than stick Stone with him. Let's take Dane with him. Maybe. I mean, Dane's been in a faction before. Maybe that'd be good for him. Maybe it's the only way he, like, like Cesaro, the only way he can get over is so you put him in a tag team or a faction. Maybe. Maybe. I'm wondering if the only way we can get uh, Swerve Scott over is by making him uh, Rich Swan Part 2. We had a, a little <sighs> promo with, uh, with uh, Swerve Scott talking about how he's going to be you know, a big deal on 205 Live, talking about how he loves to dance. 
how he loves to get in the studio, record music, um, which always no, makes me just, nervous. Just whenever know. you have a, a, a strong African American character, guy who comes out there and is just confident and badass, and all of a sudden they're like, he likes to dance and he likes making music. I go, oh no, not again. And if that's really how, who Swerve Scott is in real life, then you know what? More power to him for revealing that side of his personality and awesome. But he's also got to be really careful because that in WWE becomes a very dangerous trope, yep. especially if he ever makes it to main roster because Vince goes, what's that? You're African-American. You can dance. Well, go out there and dance. Everybody dance. If you don't know what I'm talking about, look at how many uh, dancing African-American superstars we've had through, throughout history. He loves it. And uh, that's, I, that's, that is, I just got a little like, oh, God, swerve, no. Next thing you know, you'll be coming out. Can you handle it? Can you handle it? Can you handle it? Can you handle this? So please, please, please keep swerve away from that. Keep him being just the, the confident, cool character that he's already been up until now. That's fine. I would even be okay if you want to revive elements of the kill shot character. Make sure. him a badass ex-military guy. Because he is. He's ex-military. Oh, yes. Go with, go with that. Just uh, go watch Lucha Underground. <laughs> <laughs> Please well, don't make him another dancing rapper. Seriously. Don't do it. We don't need another Brodus Clay. <laughs> anyway, that's so. Uh, hopefully that doesn't happen. I don't want to leave NXT in a sour note because it was a really good episode overall. But that, it, no, don't do it. Maybe I'm listen- I've been listening to Bruce Mitchell too much. Maybe that's what it is. Uh, but, Nick, that was a great uh, AEW, a great NXT, which only leaves one show left for us to talk about, and that means we need to go discuss Friday Night SmackDown. Well, it appears hashtags might actually have some influence to WWE <laughs> because this week we had a segment of Miz TV with Miz and Morrison. Hey, mm-hmm. hey. Ho, 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 ho. Miz and Morrison. Uh, Na- special guest Naomi mm-hmm. coming out and talking about all of the, uh, the, the support that she's been getting throughout the week. Yeah. And all of this <laughs> to basically set up Southern Charlotte. I mean, I'm late, fate, late, fate, not Facey. It's Lacey not Evans. Face- Lacey. She's not Facey Evans Not Facey Evans, no. Lacey Evans to come out and sit over on the other side, and they basically set up a feud between those two, more or less. It's already been there. They've been setting it up since the the karaoke segment. (laughs) Make it stop. Um, And and, and Miz and Morrison were absolutely freaking lights out hilarious here. Yeah. Again, like I, I have to say, since probably since Fashion Files, I'm trying to think of anybody else who's been regularly as witty and genuinely funny undisputed era maybe on main roster uh okay no <laughs> i just, i'm thinking of like anyone who's been like the patter has been there the comic timing uh the subject matter like they're they're lights out them dancing to naomi's entrance music um mockingly them uh you know acting like they don't know who the you know about naomi's that what well, you know me you're acting like you're getting mad as if we're pissing you off. Well, luckily, we, we thought that might, that might happen, so we're bringing out Lacey Evans. Like, just a lot of the stuff they're doing here was hilarious. But, as you said, Nick, the point here was that we had, last week, a match between Lacey and Naomi, which stemmed from the karaoke contest. <laughs> oh, God. And Naomi lost in a very quick match. And that's where this hashtag 
Give Naomi a Chance came from. Of course, referencing Give Divas a Chance, the ultimate hashtag which worked, because that actually went from having the woman just have these five-minute matches like Naomi had last week to actually, actually main-eventing shows. We had the whole woman's revolution, evolution, Stephanie McMahon, pat on the back job, whatever you want to call it. Um, that's where that came from, is from a hashtag from fans pushing for it. So they do work, and it happened here again. And no matter what Booker T might think, hashtags and fan support do actually get you more TV time, which helps you get over more. Um, you know, not everyone has to go to, the, to, to Booker T to get all their advice, much as he might think that they do. So Naomi had a little bit of that. She had that fire in this segment where they mm-hmm. asked her, you know, what did you feel about that? And she even threw a little, I, I, I caught a little bit of subtle shade where she's like, I don't need anybody's opinions to tell me that I've been here 10 years busting my ass and I deserve this. Yeah. A little, a little, eh, a little eh, over to Booker's way. Um, but then at the end of this, as you said, Lacey Evans comes out and starts mouthing off to Naomi. Uh, and Naomi doesn't, you know, She's okay until Naomi, until Lacey says, bless your heart. And that's all she can take. She knows what that means. <laughs> and, she, and, and as Lacey's applying her lipstick, she pushes Lacey and Lacey's lipstick goes all over, all upside Lacey's face. Gives her a nice little joker smile on the one side. And Lacey, oh, I can't believe this happened. Uh, storms away. And uh, yeah, it looks like that feud's continuing. But this is the thing, Nick, is that here we are having the give Naomi a chance. It looks like they might actually give this feud some more legs. But at the same time, it's the same feud they were going to have anyway. And a woman saying, bless your heart, to another woman, and that woman pushing the woman so that she smears her makeup, and ha, 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 she ruined her makeup. And then the woman in the ring stealing the, the, the other woman's hat and kind of dancing around mockingly. That felt very Divas era. That didn't feel woman's evolution. No. That felt Divas era. That felt it, like some petty... Petty it felt shit. petty. It felt heelish a little bit. Not even heelish, but like, oh, she's talking smack, so I'm going to ruin her makeup. Like, let's take it take it back to to Sonya Deville and Lacey throwing just bombs on each other, going in that ring and beating each other up. Like, bring me back to that level. I know Naomi, and I mean, we saw Naomi and Lacey go at it during the karaoke contest, and we know that they'll actually go in and throw on each other. But again, the framing was a karaoke contest. And Lacey was in a giant dress. When they make this into an actual match, when they make this into an actual contest between two women who have beef with each other, like, I don't like how they got there, but if they can turn this into an actual beef, an actual contest, then I will believe that they are hashtag giving Naomi a chance. Yeah. So, otherwise, I feel like this is, it's just appeasement. It's fan appeasement. It's like, ha, see, we put her on TV. Like, nah, it's nah. listen. It's it, the exact same thing started kind of in a way with Kofi. Kind of got a sort of thing out of nowhere. He had a great performance, and it started the surge. And I feel like we've seen Naomi. Naomi's had a. Let's not forget, guys. And you know, recency bias and all of that. Naomi won the title at WrestleMania. She's had moments. She's had opportunities. And I'm not saying that she doesn't deserve more, but I'm not saying she's never gotten any either. So I agree with you that this was a little Divas-esque. Oh, don't mess up my makeup. No, not that. Mm -hmm. Anything but that kind of stuff. But yeah, we've seen what these ladies are capable of. I absolutely want to see an actual knockdown, drag-out fight. 
what's it going to take to get it there? This isn't it. A karaoke contest isn't it. Messing up another one's makeup isn't it. So I don't I don't know how we get there with these two now. They, I, I feel like they've kind of went poo-pooed on it. And now it's, do, do we still have the level of interest or are we just supporting um, another person of color that hasn't gotten as many opportunities inside of WWE before? Yeah. Kyle dropped. I, I don't want to dismiss it. And that's the problem. It feels like it's getting sort of appeased and dismissed. Yeah, agreed. And Kyle over in the super chat, five more dollars. Thank you very much, brother. Throwing it down today. He mm. said, the thing is, Lacey Evans's heel character is very Divas era to begin with. Very true. There needs to be a talk about how to balance the dynamics of Lacey. You're right, and she has been since the beginning where she was just coming out and doing the damn catwalk. Um, and she was less so when she was a face. But this this whole, like, primping and preening Southern Belle thing, like, I agree. They need to balance it out more. She needs to be able to get in that ring and be the drill sergeant. You know what I mean? Like, and we said it before, Nick, balance the comedy with the seriousness. Right. If you're gonna have her be a kind of a diva's character, you we have to know. Okay, she she can flip that switch and become a badass in the ring. Yeah, it's the only way I think in the modern era that you can get away with it. Um, and speaking of which, that's something that Bailey and Sasha had to learn too. And I think they have because they've they've turned into absolutely fantastic heels and some of the best things on WWE programming. And they actually forced a match between Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss. They came mm. out to. Uh, to, to say, hey, we have all the gold, even though Sasha's not technically the Raw champ, she has the belt. But look at us with all the gold. We have all the gold. And Alexa and Nikki come out, Nikki screaming and saying, like, you cheated. You didn't get a fair shot. Sasha and Bailey said, well, you want a shot? You can have it right now. But oh, no, wait. You have to face Alexa Bliss, and whoever wins that match can have a match with Bailey next week. Ha ha ha, friends fighting each other. <laughs> We're so evil. <laughs> and then they hung out on commentary for the entire match, which sometimes was really fun and sometimes was really awkward because, man, Michael Cole left himself open so many times and Bailey didn't take it. I wanted her to take it. I wanted her to take it, but it's too easy to dunk on Michael Cole and then you become a face. So I know I'm, she might not have done it because of that. I wanted her to, Nick. I wanted it. I, I don't know what to feel about this. Really? So you're not a fan of Bailey and Sasha right now? Well, are, are, are you still on the, hung up on the Four Horsewomen thing? A little bit. Okay. Um, instead, of, instead of taking the opportunity to build new talent, we, are, we took, uh, while two of them were gone, we're just now going to do everything with two of the four that are still here. You don't and think I, that I feel like there's a more robust women's division than what they are showing us. Okay. Do you That's feel like I'm hung up. right now we're getting all these titles elevated and put on TV and made to feel important, and then when they go on other women in the division, they'll feel elevated and more important when that happens. Yeah, let because me know when that when that's going to happen because I don't probably see it after SummerSlam, anytime. probably in the yeah. fall, probably in the fall. I would I would guess. Just hold your damn horses, son. Well, all right. I will women. say I will say this. I, it is bizarre. Nikki Cross ends up uh, she gets beaten up by Alexa Bliss the entire match because she has cracked ribs. Ends up doing a sneaky that that darn roll up, Nick. That darn roll up. Every time, uh, rolls up Alexa Bliss gets the sneak win. Nikki Cross has another shot at Bailey next week. That seems like strange booking to me, because how do you? Let's look at that coming into this. Nikki just lost to Bailey because of cheating. If Nikki now goes and loses to Bailey straight up, that's terrible for Nikki. Yep. And look, she looks she looks like she can't win. 
if uh, if Sasha interferes again, it's just redundant. We, we've already seen this match. Yep. The only way this could be good is if Alexa turns on her. And Alexa did seem a little bit disgruntled that, that Nikki beat her in this match, even though she did after the match. They came up backstage and Alexa says, okay, you got me, fine, good luck next week. I love you, ha-ha hugs and all that. If Alexa turns on Nikki and we start seeing a program there, that might be something good that comes out of this. But otherwise, there's no point to have Nikki go for Bailey again that I can see. Can you see something? Um, I'm unless not they strap her. That's the only other option out. That's right. The only other and out, then, really. And then that's bizarre. It is. I mean, it, it could lead to something where Alexa turns to go get the title now that Nikki has it, and then you could turn there. But I, I, I miss I miss heel Alexa Bliss. Her her mic work was incredible. When she was at the top of her game, she was, and I feel like she's gotten back there. But I'm tired of seeing uh, Bliss TV or whatever it is, Moment of Bliss. I want to see heel Alexa Bliss out there just tearing people down and doing what she did best, what made her Alexa Bliss. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like, yeah, let's strap Nikki. They're going to have plenty of titles. We still got plenty to work out with Bailey and Sasha. In the tag division with the Raw Women's Championship, we still got plenty going on over there. Let's let's do something over here to the side and make Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross the thing to watch on SmackDown for the for the time being, and maybe let Bailey and Sasha go spend some time on Raw. So I, I don't know. I, I agree with you. There's not a lot of ways out of this that it doesn't feel no. useless and redundant, but that could be one of them. Yeah, agreed. And, and especially not where everyone comes out looking good or is elevated as a result. Right. Uh, Kyle in the chat again. Thank you, brother. Five Thank you, man. Again, you monster. Thank you. He says, can I just say that Alexa needs a face run with the title? Her in-ring work has become really next level, and top face Alexa is something we haven't seen. That's true. That's true. I, I think people would turn on face Alexa real quick. I really do. I think they get bored with her really quickly. That's just my feeling. Yeah, I mean, the, the, you're you're bored with her with her moment of bliss already, Nick. Yep. No, I I, I agree with you, Kyle, but I disagree as well. It's I want to see. I agree with you to the extent that her work is missed, top level work. We haven't really seen top face. There's probably a reason for that. She's a mean girl, and she really really dials that up to eleven. Yeah. And that's that's her sweet spot. And, and it's funny because I think, yeah, no, no. I was just gonna say I, I agree. I agree completely, and the people in the chat are saying um, that uh, that Nikki should be the heel here. And I, I, the way they've been doing it, like you said, like uh, Alexa's the mean girl, right? They built Nikki up as being this kind of sweet, innocent nut job. Like you know, she used to be an utter psychopath, but now she's just this kind of sweet, innocent. Now she's a, just a little bit less of a psychopath. <laughs> a little bit less of a psychopath, but you give her some coffee, she's the Tasmanian devil. Right. You know what I mean? But in an endearing way. There doesn't seem to be any, like, a mean bone in her body, whereas we've seen Alexa be, uh, be you know, evil. So I don't know. I don't know if people will buy heel Nikki, which is interesting. Uh, Nikki's I, actually, I think, I think so. one of the most pure baby faces they have on this roster. How wholesome was it when the two of them were hugging backstage? Very. Most wholesome thing I've seen in a while on WWE, and it's because Nikki brings that. She's being able to show that babyface side of herself, and it's just kind of organically happened. She feels like a real babyface. Yep. So, wild. I love it. Uh, you know who else feels like a babyface right now? Matt Riddle. He actually had a match with Tony Nese randomly. What's Tony Nese doing on three brands? 
This is NXT 205 Live and now SmackDown. What's up with that? Dominates. He's a, he's a good hand. He's a good. <laughs> His abs oh. have abs. He looks good on TV. And he's a fantastic in-ring worker. And he, he, he elevates other guys that he's in the ring with. That's, that is his bread and butter. He, he's not a t- I don't think he's a top guy. I, I don't think he's, he's got the presence and the persona. We, we saw his run with the Cruiserweight Championship. It was very quickly dropped to Buddy Murphy. Yep. And, so now, I, and there's reasons. And yeah, there are and some now, guys that can be that uh, and some guys that can't. And Tony Nese looks like a million bucks. And works like a million bucks. Works like a million bucks. He's fantastic. Yep. And worked really well with Matt Riddle here. Made Matt look like a killer. He knocked yep. off Tony Nese. And then he said, I don't know how we do things around here, bro. But Baron Corbin, come on out here. I'm calling you out, bro. And out comes Baron Corbin. And Baron Corbin's like, do you, what are you doing? You idiot. You can't call out a king. You can't call out Baron. What are you? Come on. I'm sick of you. And I, I, don't, I know you don't know how things work around here, but let me tell you. I'm the big man in town. You don't just get to call matches with me. In fact, to teach you how things work around here, maybe make you want to go run back to NXT and get some more polish, I'm going to put a king's ransom on you for anybody who wants to take you out. And Tony Nese immediately tries to jump Matt Riddle, gets kicked in the face as a, as, as a result. But immediately people start going for Matt Riddle. This is interesting, Nick. I didn't see this coming. King Corbin puts a ransom out on Matt Riddle's head. He's got a bounty on his head. Matt Riddle is a marked man, and King Corbin is the final boss. That is a cool dynamic. I like it. I like it, too. I was dreading another King Corbin feud for Matt Riddle. I think a lot of people were. I think a lot of people are completely over King Corbin. But tell me it's not a cool idea to have King Corbin sitting somewhere cackling and being obnoxious but sending thugs after Matt Riddle to try to take him out. That way you get a whole bunch of different people facing off against Matt Riddle, a whole bunch of different matches. You get to show off all the different ways that Matt Riddle can work, all while trying to get towards his final boss of King Corbin. I want a spot of King Corbin's either nailing or stapling wanted posters up or all over the backstage area. That might be goofy. <laughs> but like, like share the, share the Sheriff of Nottingham. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Wanted. Riddle Hood. Yes. Dead or alive. Yeah. <laughs> Reward a king's ransom. And then you have somebody that just comes dragging his like limp corpse in by the foot and just go, here you go. And they he gets he gets handed like a sack of coin. That someone <laughs> someone drags in Griff Garrison. They're like, that's not Matt Riddle. I said Matt Riddle. Don't you think I know what Matt Riddle looks like? That's Griff Off with Garrison. his head. <laughs> Who the hell is Griff Garrison? <laughs> Kyle coming back with five more dollars. He says, thank you, brother. He says, I'm just glad there is finally an explanation why Corbin has all these damn goons. Agreed. Thank you, Kyle. Money, 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 money. Bring (laughs) back the million-dollar belt. Put it on Corbin. Yep. Bring it on. Yep. Um, No, I'm loving that. That could be very exciting. Uh, Also, something else WWE tried new. They had a uh, a fatal four-way to become the number one contender for AJ Styles' Uh, Intercontinental Championship. Uh, and it was an interesting matchup. You had two members of Lucha House Party. You had Lindsay Dorado, Grand Metalik, versus Drew Gulak, versus, I'm not going to say it, Chad Gable. So, you know, a mix of like mid-card dudes and tag team. Like it was, a, it was a bit of like a what-the-heck match. 
And then the winner was a what-the-heck winner. Out of nowhere, Grand Metalik comes in and gets the win. Grand Metalik is now your number one contender for the IC title. AJ slaps him after the match. He slaps AJ back. They have a tussle. Where have I seen that Really? Before? What? Ricochet. Sorry. Well, right. Very good. Good point. Uh, but yeah, Grand Metalik. I mean, we all know that he's probably one of the most underrated guys in WWE. If you ever watched the Cruiserweight Classic all the, that, the time ago, he was in the finals with TJP, uh, who's currently working God, that line. seems like eons ago. It is eons ago. It was ago. like five years ago. Four. But, oh, my goodness. This was shocking. Grand Metalik. But then again, Grand Metalik versus AJ Styles. Put it in my eye holes. Yes, please. Give me some of that. I want that triple scoop ice cream cone. Yes, please. Um, that's going to be awesome. I so wait. if I, I don't know who, where, what, who said, who went to who and said, uh, give Grand Metalik a shot. Who said what? Awesome. Yes. We were any, saying earlier, well, like main roster. Any chance he learn. actually takes it off of AJ Styles? No, of course not. But it's no. going to be a great match. And yeah. the thing is, is you know what we we're saying earlier about NXT is. You got to, you know, some of these new guys, you got to, if you want new guys, you got to do something with them. Main roster needs to learn that. Well, they did. They're giving Grand Metalik a shot. They gave Drew Gulak a shot. They're, they're highlighting these dudes. You know, they still, they're still calling Chad Gable by that awful name and not doing anything with him. But I'm, I'm, I was shocked and excited about, uh, about Metalik. I'm hoping we get an actual match because if it's just a squash, uh, then I'm going to be back to being really, really mad. Hey, you guys want to see something fun? <laughs> hey Ian. Sure, sure. Shorty G. No. Oh, dude, stop. How dare you, Nick? Go wash your mouth out with soap. That's so rude. His name is Shorty G. It's not. Stop it. It's that's the worst. It's one of the worst gimmicks ever. It's I, I it's agree insulting. With you. It's like then why are you doing? But if you that? go to WWE.com, it says Shorty G. Say his name. His name is Chad Gable. His name is Robert Paulson. We speak your name. Yes. Chad Gable. We speak your name on this the man's show. man's an Olympian. We don't call you. We don't call you by your WWE name. We call you by your real name. The man is one of the best amateur wrestlers of all time. Jesus. You He's be, not a uh, character from Space Jam. Oh, my God. <laughs> Makes me so mad. It's awful. Ugh. Anyway. It's one of... It's... Ugh. What the look how they massacred my boys. Jason Jordan is Kurt Angle's son, and Chad Gable is short. I can't even say it. <sighs> look how they massacred my boy. Look how they massacred Bray Wyatt. I don't know. I Bray Wyatt had a segment this week where he had the old lantern. The old uh, swamp Bray has gone back to being a, a disembodied head lantern thing. He said, I'm sorry you had your chance to get out. Uh, to put you back, because now the fiend has been unleashed. And he kind of hinted that Braun might still be stuck in the swamp. We don't know. This was a okay. fairly ambiguous segment. Right. Which I'm not mad at, because it left questions out there. We had questions after that swamp match. Some people loved it. Some people hated it. Some people like you and I, Nick, came somewhere in the middle. Where we were like, there's good stuff, there's bad stuff. But the ending made us go, okay, the fiend is back, but is Braun dead? What happened? What happened in that swamp? We still don't know. Braden is he in, is he in the voodoo trance of the Wyatt family again? You know? Right. I they kept showing the Rowan sheep mask, and I'm going. 
the uh, possibilities what's this about? the possibilities for what they could do with Braun now with Bray are interesting. However, I am terrified they're going to pull an Alistair and Rey Mysterio go flying off the roof at Money in the Bank and just have Braun just and AJ Styles getting buried at WrestleMania and just have Braun show back up and be like, yeah, I just climbed out of the swamp and you know got back in my truck and came back. Because yeah, if they do that, it's, it's a huge waste. That's a I swam for three days. <laughs> <laughs> I climbed onto an alligator, and he kicked his tail, and I rode him all the way back to Orlando. Right. <laughs> some, um, some Odysseus <laughs> shit. You know? I, I, I put one on each. I put one gator on each foot. The siren Alexa Bliss tried her best to entrance me, <laughs> but I quickly removed her head. You know, oh, just, just, just it, they could really run wild I with this. I popped her head like a zit. Realistically, what's going to happen is he's going to come roaring back out from backstage at, on his Tron going, Oh, you thought I was dead? No, I'm not dead. Run! It just, that, that's going to be it. I'm riding the brawn train. Right. That's like Roman Express. They do, if they just do that, that's going to be a letdown. They have yes. opportunity here. I'm hoping that Bray's got something up his sleeve and they let him do it where Braun has changed somehow. This is Bray's own lake of reincarnation. Braun comes out as a different something. I'm hoping that's the case. I'm hoping that's the case. A vignette and, with him and Cena and, hanging out in the funhouse. Sure. Whatever it is. I'm hoping that we're not heading towards Fiend versus Braun. We are. Because that's, but that's the problem is the 100%. Fiend has never been good for anybody. Anyone who's faced the Fiend, it's not been good for them. And He's I mean totally that dropping the title to the Fiend at SummerSlam. It's kind of and written in stone at this point. We're back booked into a corner again. Wouldn't it be better well, if the Fiend was the muscle for Braun Strowman, the champ who's back under Wyatt's control? No, I think this resets us back to where we were before Goldberg ever got involved. And it kind of resets the plot. But we were up against a wall then, too. How we do you were. get it off him? You, you have Goldberg take it off him, and everyone hates it. Well, it's we've also developed... Into a corner. We've also developed a lot of stories since then. We've, we've done the sort of expose of the funhouse with Cena uh, at WrestleMania. We've now had the swamp match. We've now seen that Bray is super dynamic and moves between all of these different characters. Uh, there's a whole lot that's happened. In the last eight months. Have Braun be back under Bray's spell and do a six-month Daniel Bryan where he has to fight out of it and Braun comes out an even bigger babyface for having been taken and have the Fiend be kind of Braun's defender. So that way Braun keeps the title. You don't have to have the Fiend have the title. Um, and we have a story for Braun. There's a lot of things that you could do here yeah. that don't involve the Fiend winning the title off of a face Braun Strowman who just climbs out of the swamp like nothing. That is the lazy way out. That's the lame way out, and I'm afraid that's the way they're going to go. I'm terrified, Nick. Yep. I'm terrified of that. What I'm not terrified about is a singles push for Big E. What? That didn't Kingston. involve breaking up the New Day. No, they didn't break the New Day. This is actually, speaking of wholesome, Kofi Kingston comes out of the doctor's office, says, E, I'm, I'm hurt, the trainer's room. Says, E, I'm, I got to be out for six weeks, man. Uh, me, Wood's been talking, you know, with the New Day, we're kind of a unit. We're a tag team, but we're also singles guys. That's why I went and got the title. Woods does his own thing. We all do our own thing. Now it's your time to go out and be a singles guy. And Biggie's like, oh, no, man, I can't do that. Like, that's, that's really nice of you. And Kobe's like, no, man, I mean it. Please. Now is your time. Go out, do some work, show people who you are. Yeah. With our Biggie, blessing. Not like almost none of the New Day goofiness here. 100% straight serious. Except for a little bit of joking at the end about like, you know, put your meat on my meat. And they give a nice little hug. Ooh, gentle, gentle. I'm fragile. Uh, 
beautiful, cute little segment, uh, you know, touching, and we're getting a Big E singles run. Mm. Only six weeks. So six episodes of Big E singles run. Let's see. How much time we got till SummerSlam? And here's the other problem. About six weeks. Who's he going to feud with? Who is out there that Big E could feud with other than Nakamura and Cesaro, who also have no one to feud with because there's no tag division on SmackDown? The Usos are injured. The New Day is injured. Lucha House Party is doing single stuff as well. Uh, the, where Miz and Morrison? You can have them go against Cesaro and Shinsuke? Heavy there's, machinery. there's nothing. Heavy machinery's around, but one of those guys is, you know, I, yeah, I guess. What are you going to do? Have them lose to Shinsuke and, and Cesaro? So I, I wonder if Biggie's going to do some single stuff against like one-on-one against Cesaro, one-on-one against Nakamura. That would be the lazy way out. I would rather see like a proper Biggie goes out and it's like, it's a Biggie showcase, Biggie open challenge, right? Everybody come and take on Biggie. That's what I would like to see. Yeah. But we'll see if they actually do that. Finally, Nick, we got to talk about the bar fight and then get out of here. Jeff Hardy and Sheamus. It finally happened. We had a bar fight. They rented out a bar in Orlando, an Irish bar, thankfully. And Sheamus came in. That way you like know a, it's already a shithole and it won't be bad if it gets messed up. <laughs> Actually, looks like kind of a decent bar. Yeah, pretty. Um, I mean, they're not doing anything else with that bar right now. At least I hope not. Yeah. Uh, Seamus comes in, pork pie hat, suspenders. Brilliant. I I love the look. Yeah. Oh, it looked like an Irish thug. Twenties, twenties, prohibition liquor runner kind of look. Absolutely. Yeah. Dug it. Peaky blinders only. You know, Irish. Um, comes in, sits down at the bar. His private bartender Jeeves is there. I immediately hated Jeeves. I knew I knew he'd be the kind of guy if I ever worked with him, he'd be a terrible bartender. Right. Couldn't even throw his towel over his shoulder properly. Right. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> You're pre-taping uh, this. Can't you just do another take? Seamus has a couple shots of Jameson. In comes Jeff Hardy from the back. Sits down. They have a nice little chat. AEW just did this with Hangman and Hager. But we'll get to that in a second. Seamus and Jeff, at, uh, sure enough, they, they talk for a little bit. Some weird stuff about Seamus. Oh, yeah, I'm still the bar. Referencing his tag team. And Jeff's like, well, I'm the bar. I'm that TV. I'm the sky. I'm a little bit of everything. And Seamus is like, you're crazy. And Jeff's like, I know. I've done too many drugs. He didn't actually say that. That's just what I thought he was saying. And then we had the fight. Then the, they, And every spot you can imagine, Seamus pulling Jeff down the entire length of the bar through all the glassware, brawling on the floor, brawling back into the bathroom. Seamus gives Jeff a swirly in the urinal. By the way, that's a real bar urinal. And I'll tell you from working in bars, you can never get those clean enough for me to ever want to take a swirly in an actual bar urinal. Right. That was disgusting. Yeah. Brawl back out of the bathroom. Jeff gets a ladder out of the storeroom, hits Seamus with it. They brawl onto the stage. Um, a nice moment. Seamus tried to hit Jeff with an actual electric guitar and something that you never see in movies or TV happen, Nick. He hit the wall. Jeff dodged. Seamus hit the wall and smashed the electric guitar and immediately Seamus went, ah, my hands. Because if you've ever smashed an electric guitar, which I have, it hurts your wrists and your hands like hell. The shock goes back up the neck. It freaking hurts. Also, props to Jeff for holding the drum right. Seamus brogue kicked through a tom drum. Oh, uh, that's not what I give, want to give him props. I've, I've lost my balance and fallen over my drum set before. Mm-hmm. Right? He he took a header 
into the drum set. There, there's a lot of little stabby things in there, like all the little screws that are tight yep. your heads down and all yep. the little mic stands. And all, there's a lot of little stabs. He just took a header straight into the drum set. Yeah, That had to have I, I actually got a flashback. I'd rather get a swirly go, than take a header into a I, drum set. When I used to go to punk rock shows here in L.A. at Kiss or Kill, uh, and you can actually go on Amazon, I believe, and watch In Heaven There Is No Beer, which is a documentary that was made about that scene. Um, at the end of shows, I actually I apologize if he's, if he's watching this show, Polly Filth. I'm so sorry, dude, because every show at the end of their set, I'd come up on stage and just do like a flying leap onto the drum kits and him. So I've been stabbed in several different places by the drum kits myself. <laughs> um, I know it's not fun. No. <laughs> so yeah, agreed. Props to Jeff on that. Um, Overall, Nick, I got to say, despite everything that led up to this, this was a fun brawl. Was it? Is it something we're going to remember in a few months? Probably not. Uh, it was fun for what it was, and considering where it came from and the absolutely stupid, useless, pointless feud that was just there to humiliate Jeff Hardy that it came from, I'm glad it's done. It didn't suck, and it's done. And is it, though? I, I, it seemed like it was. Uh, you had Sheamus at one point. Uh, Jeff Hardy's on the ground. He puts his hat on, on Jeff Hardy's face, and then Jeff Hardy he pulls it off of him a couple minutes later after having some drinks at the bar, and Jeff Hardy's got the face paint magically on, and he ends up doing a swanton off the top of the ladder after he put Jeeves through a table because Jeeves tried to get involved. Um, Jeff Hardy swanton off the ladder on the Sheamus. By the way, having been in some bar fights, having been a bartender for 20 years, um, I'll tell you right now, you break one bottle you smash one bottle and it explodes the way those bottles were doing in this. Everyone's getting cuts. Everyone's bleeding. Yeah. Everyone. You were getting lacerated. You were breaking 20 bottles like that. These dudes would be covered in blood. Covered. And I don't mean to break the illusion, but it was a sugar glass and all. Yeah. Uh, but that's all I could think about the entire match was if this is a real bar fight and they're lying on the ground and dragging each other across the floor, this would be a gore fest. This would be a horror show more so than extreme rules. There would be fountains of blood. <laughs> if you've ever, if you ever try to take a bottle, like I know they do it in movies all the time because of sugar glass. And you, if you, if you, if you hold the end and try to hit someone like a bat yeah. with the, with the bottle in the movies, the sugar glass will, will snap because you can't really do it. So that's why they hold it in their hands like that and smash it against people's heads. If you do that with a real bottle, I dare you, you're going to lose a finger. Yeah. You're going to have, you're going to have lacerations in your palm that you're going to leave you scars the rest of your life. You might, you might cut a tendon or two. You don't do that. No. You, you, a real bottle, you hold it like a bat and dunk. Yeah. But anyway, as a bartender, that's all I could think about with this. At least the feud's done, Nick. I feel like it's done. Uh, I'm not so on. sure. We, we've got, uh, oh, we've got uh, obsolete Jeff back. Brother Nero-esque I don't think back. No. You saw that? I thought that was just Jeff. Jeff comes out with the because at the end he like you know he's he's able to transform into whatever this character is. At the end, you know, he breathes deep and his contacts go away and he walks out. But I didn't I didn't see Brother Nero per se. This seems like WWE Jeff. All right. I feel like he's exorcised his demons. Okay. I hope. Tune in next week on SmackDown to find out. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, maybe the feud is done. Maybe it's not, but the show is done. Nick, we're all done here. We've only got one thing left to do on our show today, Nick. And that is a little segment. We like to call our moment of positivity. Mop, 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 mop,
That's right, the mop, the moment of positivity, the moment where we find something that happened in the last few days of wrestling that we can point out and say, that made us happy, that gave us the warm fuzzies. That's something that we can all think about on the way out of our show today, so we leave you with a nice little bit of sugar to make the medicine go down. Uh, something, something positive to end the show. Nick, mm-hmm. what was your moment of positivity from this last little bit? Man, spoiled for choice this week. Um, Heights? Seriously. There's... There's a lot of things. I, listen, I was really hot on Lance Archer coming in. Seeing him get to throw a bunch of dudes around in a locker room was a lot of fun. Um, I was excited to see Ivelisse and DeMonte uh, showing up on AEW to boost a, a flailing women's division uh, due to injury and the, the pandemic and all of the other stuff going around. I love seeing you gotta those pick two one. <laughs> the fact that we're going to get uh, a four or five or maybe even six-way ladder match. Uh, at TakeOver 30 mm. for the North American Championship is is my moment of positivity this week. Put it in my freaking <laughs> eye holes. <laughs> yes, please. That was mine. How about you? I, I want to say Eddie Kingston. I want to say Eddie Kingston coming out and blowing the screen off of my TV. I want to say it was him having a lights-out match with Cody, um, putting his name on the map, I want to say it was him getting thousands of new Twitter followers. And the first thing that he says is, hey, thanks for all the new followers. Go watch this Misawa and Kawada match. And he puts a link to that match. He's like, what I want you all to know about me. I love this match. And he links to a Misawa-Kawada match. Love that. Love that. But that's just barely not it. Because the moment at the end of the Donovan Dijak and carrying cross match with him and Lee and cross was like the definition of what I love in soap opera aspects of wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> Just that, 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 the like that anime cliffhanger like we just had it with evil over in new japan right where it's just this big dramatic even and now here we have it in nxt oh carrying a cross Shino Tamino Junbi, the carrying cross. I'm gonna kill you. Yeah. Uh, that got me. I was worked up all night about that. Dijak sitting there going, uh, you know, no, Keith, it's on me. Keith just gritting his teeth and having to watch his friend die. Mm, mm, so good. Every chef's kiss in the world. Loved it. That's my mm. moment of positivity. Thank you guys uh, so much for joining us uh, for the show yes. today. Special shout out to everybody in the live chat. Thank you guys for making it lively. And also a special shout out to Kyle. Just killing it. Damn, and son. Brad Shepard with all everybody. of the super chats. You guys make this awesome. Thank you guys so much. Quick reminder, we will be heading over to Twitch. Uh, you're going to hear a lot of reminders over the course of the next seven days as we make that move. Next Saturday, we will be back here Tuesday for our final show uh, live on YouTube. But before we head off to Twitch, we will be doing a lot of promotional type stuff. We're going to put something up here on the channel on YouTube. Uh, We're going to do a lot of stuff in the Facebook group and in Discord just to make sure that you guys are completely comfortable and we shepherd you guys over there and you know what you're walking into. So don't want to just throw you into the deep end blind. But a lot of funny stuff. Funny stuff. A lot of fun stuff. (laughs) I was reading your chat message. A lot of fun stuff stuff. uh, stuff. is going to be uh, a part of the Twitch stream, uh, the live stream going forward over on Twitch. Oh, but guys, make sure you come over and join us in Discord. That is the place to be. It's where a lot of these kinds of conversations happen. Uh, we also do live chats all throughout the week for all the shows. Uh, Monday Night Raw, NXT, AEW, 
uh, mm-hmm. SmackDown, New Japan, Ring of Honor, Impact, you name it, we got it. There's even a request for a channel for the new Talking Shop podcast by Gallison Anderson. So, <laughs> well, yeah, we're talking about a lot of stuff on there. We're, we're, we talk about all kinds of good stuff over there. So make sure you yep. find your way into our Discord community. Um, and then that's up 24-7. So it's not just operating during the times that wrestling events are going on. You guys can hang out and chat in there anytime you want. Uh, also, come over and join us on Facebook. You can find our discussion group over there as well as like our page. Just search for Busted Wide Open. Follow us on Insta, uh, Instagram, Insta, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitter at BWO Podcast. <laughs> Subscribe to us right here at YouTube.com slash Busted Wide Open to get your daily dose of news from BWO Daily uh, mm. Monday through Friday, as well as some other content we have in the works coming soon. And make sure you head over to Twitch.tv slash Busted Wide Open. Make sure you click the little heart to follow us so you get notified when we go live yes. starting next Saturday. I'm sorry if I'm going to browbeat you a little bit with that. I just want to make sure everybody's aware of it before we get over there. Finally... Patreon.com slash BWO to get access to exclusive rewards uh, for helping us support the show here. Thank you to all of our patrons. You guys really make this awesome. But if you want to get bonus episodes, uh, show notes, all kinds of good stuff, we got SummerSlam coming up. You're going to want to be in there for August next month. Oh, it's coming. For the Pickums, where Robbie mm. RB will be defending his WrestleMania champion, winning championship for the very first time at SummerSlam. That will be happening uh, next month. So make sure you go ahead and get signed up for Patreon so you can be in the Patron Pick'em's Challenge competing for that prize. Oh, I think that's everything. There's a Mailbag lot of show coming up through. next if you're in the uh, live yeah, chat. Yeah, don't go anywhere. We're, uh, we're coming right back with a brand new stream for number 42 of our Patron Mailbag series. So be on the lookout for a brand new stream in just a few minutes. But my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But my God! Somebody stop the damn match! This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.